Hi, this is Ellen. And this is Alex. And this is our podcast, Uniquely Portable Magic, where we talk about all things books. This week, we are talking about A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Mass. So this is, yes, this is her most recent publication that just came out this year in 2021 that we've all been freaking out about. Um, And that's very valid because all of her books are freak out worthy. But this one is, I don't know if it's necessarily part of a court and Ro- thorns and roses series or an extension or i forget I how can, she I think describes we can count it, it right i think it's technically considered book four book five in the series okay yeah so part of the court and thorns and roses series um focuses on some different characters but you still have everyone that you were seeing in the previous books. Mm-hmm. So this book focuses on... Wait, you just said A Court of Thorns and Roses. This is A Court of Silver Flames. <sighs> oh we don't God. know! It's Surprise! Fine. We don't know what book we're talking about. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the one that has Nesta and Cassian in it. In Great! It, as our main characters. Um, so basically... This is set um, a couple of months after the novella ends, mm-hmm. and Nesta is still really struggling from the war, and yeah. basically <clears throat> we get some insight into that struggle and just how much she's dealing with, and we get to see how the Court of Dreams tries to help her find her way out of it mm-hmm. um and in the meantime you get to see nesta and cassian and what happens with their the tension that we've seen building between them and what's going to come of it uh-huh. um, um and there's a lot of exciting new characters too mm-hmm. um that we haven't really met yet that um, are all super badass and awesome. So, yeah. should we we dive in? Well, quick note for everybody. Uh, we will be talking very in-depth about this book. We will probably also be mentioning some things from the other books in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be the whole Court of Thorns and Roses series. Court of Thorns and Roses, Court of Mist and Fury... A Court of Wings and Ruin, and A Court of Frost and Starlight. Um, if you haven't read any of them, I really would suggest holding on and it, <laughs> at least reading some of them. Um, <clears throat> although, really, I think we'd both recommend reading all of them stat. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And... Like, who are you if you haven't read them yet? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're getting... We're getting I'm divisive. a little feisty today, apparently. Yeah. Oh, I'm, 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 don't ask what that little French laugh was. I don't really. Um, <laughs> apparently, I'm feeling feisty today, too. Um, or French today, whatever. Um, so, spoiler alert is what I was trying to say. Um, if you haven't read it and you don't want spoilers, please stop now. Go read whichever ones you need to read. And then come back and join us. And I guess if you don't care about spoilers, that's fine. I don't get it, but it's <laughs> it's yes. fine. I will I will note that um, for 
for those Sarah J. Mass fans who have been paying attention, there are some um, extras depending mm-hmm. on the the book that you got and where you bought it from. So because of that, not everyone may have read those multiple um, extras that we get. So we mm-hmm. will not be talking about those. Correct. So we will not be spoiling those. Correct. Um, so if you haven't figured out how to get your hands on to those yet, don't worry about it because we won't be spoiling, spoiling Correct. them for Mondo. you here. Mm-hmm. So, like yes, Ellen. Yes. Who was your favorite character? <laughs> okay, so, like, technically I have th- three, but really I have one, and then, like, half a step down are the other two. And I'm really also not even sure that I can count one of my second favorite characters as a character, but, like... <clears throat> It's all just... coming back to me now. <laughs> oh, so if you're wondering why it's coming back to her, everybody. And now now I just have Celine Dion stuck in my head. Right. So, dear listeners, uh, this is actually uh, the second time we are recording this episode. We, uh, <laughs> the technical maestros that we are, um, had uh, some technical issues with our last recording. So we are recording it again. So that's why she's saying it's all coming back to her now. Yeah. Because so technically I been... have told her all of this before. <laughs> exactly. But it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. As you may or may not know, my memory is pretty questionable. I mean, I know that. Um, <laughs> I still love you, but I do know that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so for everyone out there, it's been a few weeks since we've read this book. I'm just looking through my notes now and I'm like, what the heck happened? I don't even remember. When we, um, sat, when we sat down to start doing this, I was, like, looking at my notes, and I was like, did I even read this book? <laughs> yeah, it's so... Hopefully, we'll be as um, on point and funny and uh, deep as we were mm-hmm. the first time we recorded this mm-hmm. episode, but I'm hoping I don't I'm gonna be have s- high hopes, so... <clears throat> I'm hoping I'm going to be a little bit less of an emotional wreck than I was the first time. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, it's me, so yeah. I'm probably no not. no guarantees on any of what we just said, basically. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> favorites. So my yes. my step down favorites. Okay, are the house. <laughs> um, because first of all, who doesn't love the idea of like a sentient house? A little bit that's like there mm-hmm. to help you with everything that you need, even when you don't know that you need the help. <laughs> Um, and I love that it, like, reads romance novels, and, um, I love that it's, that you find out, right, that it's that extension of Nesta, like, it's just such a cool, like, I don't even know how it works fully. (laughs) I thought, (laughs) I thought it was such a great support system for her when, like, as a reader, I think... I was really struggling with how much she was struggling at certain points in the book. Mm-hmm. And so there were a couple times where, like, the house really stepped up for her mm-hmm. when the other characters weren't at that point. And I was yeah. like, oh, th- oh, thank God. <laughs> like, thank goodness. Or when it was, like, pushing her to to be with other people. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough, Cassie. Yeah, like, it knew, it knew what she needed. Mm-hmm. And I just thought the conversations that 
Nesta had with the house and like the house kind of had with her too were super <laughs> right. endearing and cute and so yeah so I'm counting it as a character I don't care if anybody else does but I'm counting it and I loved it and I I'll read a whole book about the house <laughs> maybe like a novella maybe not like yeah a I was gonna say that might be maybe novella but I don't know that you could fit a full Sarah J Mass length um I don't know I feel like if anybody could though it, it might be, be it would be her. She'd write a whole eight hundred page book about a house, and we'd be like, "Woo!" <laughs> um, <laughs> so okay. <laughs> so then, my second favorite, you know, slight step down character is Cassian. He's just, mm. <clears throat> which is not a surprise because I've loved him literally from his first line. Yeah. Um, so it was not a surprise to me that I would love him even more once we got to see more into his mind and his point of view. And, um, he's just funny and supportive and ridiculously attractive. Like, (laughs) it's weird to say about a fictional character, but it's true. We all know it. Um, so... So those are my sort of like my step down ones. Okay. And then um, my favorite character was Nesta, um, which if you would have told me at other points in time reading this series, I would have laughed in your face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I find this pretty astounding and also hilarious because there were points in time during certain rereads of this series where you like... Nesta's, you know, just (laughs) like exploding. Yeah, and it doesn't erase any of that part of it, right? Like, she can be my favorite character in this book. And also, I can see the issues that she presents or she um, embodies or, and it doesn't excuse her past anythings, you know, like, it's just what I love about reading so much. And what I love so much about Sarah J. Mass is that she writes characters that are not, they're human. Like, I mean, they're not human, they're fae, but like, <laughs> they are, they are easy to connect with because nobody's perfect, right? And no human is perfect. And mm-hmm. nobody wants to read a book about someone who's perfect because then you're like, oh, they made the right choice yet again. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks to you, I now have Hannah Montana stuck in my head. You're very welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she was my favorite. It totally took me by surprise. Um, I had some really interesting um, and slightly painful uh, personal realizations in reading this book mm-hmm. um, that um, that kind of like smacked me in the face a little bit. Um, but... It, it's just so well written and she's just, <clears throat> man, it just, I don't know. I, she's my favorite. Mm-hmm. There, the end. <laughs> How about you? Who is your favorite character? So, I mean, this should be pretty obvious. Um, that my favorite character is Cassian. Eris. <laughs> Shoot. You, you <laughs> oh, said, yeah. <laughs> you said Cassian a little Good bit guess. too quickly. I was going to make a joke, but you were. Oh, Good man. Guess. Okay. Continue. Um, yeah. Cassian. He's, I, I mean, he's been my favorite, like, if you listen to our series wrap, because we did a series wrap of the first four books, 
Which we're because, affectionately referring to as Feyre's story. Yes, because that is Feyre's storyline, and we're now getting, you know, in-depth looks at new characters. So mm-hmm. we felt it was appropriate to have a series wrap for that. But in that, we did, you know, we listed out our favorite characters throughout the entire series so far, and my my top one, my my numero uno was Cassian. You're then. right or die. Yeah, so then when you <clears throat> give me a whole book about him... How can I not also have him as my okay. favorite character? Also, for this as a book side too. note, I think technically, I think technically this book is about Nesta, but I do like that you've decided that the whole, <laughs> the, the whole book is like he's. Of course, it's like about Nesta and then Cassian, right? So like, it's not that big of a stretch, but I do like that you've decided that. Ellen, it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyways, I just, I love him. I love, um, how personable and social he is so that, you know, he doesn't come off as someone who is super tender and, you know, feels very deeply and yet he is. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of think of that more as, like, maybe Reese or Asriel, um, Ellen. But that's <laughs> I feel but that's very much a part of his character too, and I think that's really demonstrated when you get um more in depth into his chapters and mm-hmm. how he thinks and the way that he reacts to people um you know, speaking badly about him, speaking badly about his friends and family. Like, I just, oh, it just hurts me so much that he believes a lot of what everyone says about him Mm -hmm. when it's so not true. Um, But I think for me, just the way that he helped Nesta through this book Mm -hmm. was just like, yeah, I need a ride or die like that, (laughs) you know? Um, Like, exactly like that. (laughs) Can we do like a 3D printer? Yeah. Version of Cassian. <laughs> Dear Cassian, we're still waiting for you. Bring exactly. your friends. Because <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. I want to know them too. Thanks, bye. <laughs> yeah, like I would totally read way more books about him. More books about when he was little. There's so like- many more books. Sarah J. Mass, if you have any need for other suggestions about books that we would like you to read. No, I mean, sure. But also right is what I meant to say. <laughs> so that we can read them. <laughs> right. Um, we've got you. You know, the house. <laughs> Cassian when he was little. <laughs> All the bad boys when they were, like, young men. Yes. Um, the house. You know, whatever. <laughs> or I'm sure there's there's so many more. Um, I'm very intrigued by Eris. Especially mm-hmm. when, like... Cassian left it, I think, that acknowledging that you are a good male, but you're just, Mm -hmm. you know, covering it up and not living by the moral code that you actually have and everything. And I was like, I know it's drop. Hmm. Intriguing. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm very intrigued by that. Need to know, know more about Lucian what's happening literally there is no literally she could write a book about the shopkeeper 
in Valeris, and I'd be like, woo! <laughs> yeah, for real. Obviously, if you can't tell, we're very invested fans of yes. Sarah J. Mass and her work. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding it's becoming a bit more natural for me to say Sarah J. Mass instead of Sarah J. Moss. I wish I could uh, say the same. Not fully, but like I still have to think about it, so yeah. I don't pronounce her name incorrectly, but you know, we're getting somewhere, I think. Yeah. Which For those of too. you who don't know, which you should, because I think we've mentioned it like 10 million times, we've, uh, we were pronouncing it one way and it was not the correct way. So we know. are reteaching ourselves to say it properly. It's been, it's been a real struggle. <laughs> Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. Okay, so favorite part. Okay, so as I've said many times before in books, pretty much the whole book could have been my favorite part. Uh, Maybe minus like the first part. Oh man, the first part was so hard to read. Oh my god, it's just awful. Like it's so good, but also just so... That's what I... Yeah, I was going to clarify. Like it's not awful because it's written poorly, like anything like that. It's awful because it's just how much pain Nesta's in and how... <sighs> yeah, it's hard to read about pain and suffering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> I had to decide on one part. And that in and of itself, the list was so long that I finally just like, was like, I could pick any of these. So I did. I just picked one. Um, and so the part that I picked was um, <clears throat> close to the end uh, Nesta, Emery, and Gwen, Gwyn are doing the blood rite, and the what's-his-face is coming after them mm-hmm. with his with his cronies or whatever. And she sends uh, Gwyn and Emery along to touch the stone at the top, and she holds the pass. And um, I think it was the most important part, or one of the most important parts in her journey... To, to do that and to be the person saving them and to be um, in control of herself, like at like fully in control of herself and um, I think it was just such an important step in her healing process and in her storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, plus so badass. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So it just, it kind of just checked all the boxes and yeah. How about you? Um, well, you've got me intrigued first. So I wanted to go back to you. Okay. What were, <laughs> <laughs> if you, you want insist. me to talk some more? Oh, about my own ideas and everything. I, I hate such doing that. Yeah. Um, what were some of the other, like, just quickly, you can even even just like list off a couple of the other spots that were your favorites that you were choosing from. Oh, gosh. Way to put me on the spot, especially two weeks after I made this list. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so um, the part where... I have a note about this later, and we can talk more about it in depth later, but the sleepover at mm. the house. Oh, so great. <clears throat> so great. Um, when... Uh, she's in the library and she tricks Cassian into training with her to show yes, to show yes, the other people. Was, oh, so genius. Mm-hmm. Um, when Gwyn first joins them, um, 
Um, when she saved Feyre. I loved oh. and hated that part. We, we uh-huh. Don't worry. I have notes about pretty much all of these that we can talk about more mm-hmm. in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are all really good, really good parts of the book. Um, one of them is, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, what is your favorite part? So I won't say it so that you get to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, like, and so so much more than that, too. But, like, those are just the ones that I can remember off the top of my head. Uh, Thanks for bringing those up, though, because it's just jogging my memory, too. (laughs) Right? Like, what the heck happened in this book? (laughs) Like I said, did did I read this book? I mean, that's one of the problems with her books. I mean, it's so great, but it's also kind of a problem, is that there's so much that happens in every single book that it's... It's and she's easy so to good. forget the details, right? Yes. And she's so good. We've talked about this before, but she's so good at like making you think that so much has happened. And then in the last like hundred pages, oh, it drives like, me crazy every time because I forget every single time every that time. I need to be emotionally prepared for this. And then I just Cause, oh, cause what it's happens a disaster. is she takes your emotions for the through the first seven hundred pages, and she just rings them out and she just rips them apart and then you're like there can't possibly be any more and then in the last hundred pages she like (laughs) i don't know what she does but then all of a sudden you finish the book and you're just like a emotionless huck husk like you're (laughs) you're you're just like you're just like what just happened (laughs) that's so true it's like you're you're a puddle on the floor um there's some things that i've seen like merch things that i've seen um, and it, it'll say, it says, uh, survivor of mass destruction and it's how she spells her last name. And I'm like, that's it. That's how you feel at the end of it's these, so uh, true, these books. <laughs> and yet we read them over and over again. What's wrong with us? Well, that's, that's our, that's our other podcast called what's wrong with Alex and Ellen. <laughs> that one is actually bi-weekly because we have so many different things to discuss that it requires two episodes right? a week. <laughs> it's a da- it, that's a daily podcast. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, um, so. What's your favorite part? Back back to my favorite part. <laughs> my favorite part uh, also happens to coincide with my favorite quotes and my favorite character. So hmm. obviously there's a theme there and. The theme is called Cassian. Yes. <laughs> That is a favorite theme of mine. Don't worry. (laughs) So uh, my favorite scene is after they've walked in silence. Well, she's walked in silence for five days. And they finally get to this mountain, um, mountainside lake that Mm -hmm. Castian has brought her to because he has heard like rumors or myths of its like possible healing powers or whatever. And she finally breaks at that point and just breaks down, starts sobbing, starts finally sharing what's been in her heart this entire time and how much pain she's in and how much she's been struggling because she's just been keeping it all bottled up. Mm -hmm. And Cassian's just there for her and he supports her and he says the most amazing beautiful things to her and it's just like it's such a turning point in the story it's such a huge part of them continuing to build their relationship Mm -hmm. um it also 
just really touched me in terms of feeling like I needed to hear some of the things that he said. Girl, Like, yes. it was it was a very, yeah, that part of the book, well, a lot of it was emotional, but that part of the book specifically, I was like, oh my god, Cassian, like, are you speaking to me? <laughs> like, these are things that I really need to remember and take to heart and yeah. try to, like, actually implement because without them to my detriment, I'm hurting myself, you know? Absolutely. Um, So I'm trying to remember those, but I, I, I think I still have a lot of work to do, but I mean, we all do. Yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about some of those in a minute when we talk about (laughs) my favorite quotes. Right. So you want to start us off with your favorite quotes? Yeah. I like how you just immediately say quotes. I mean, besides the fact that we've already <laughs> talked about all of this. <laughs> so I already know that you have a ton and I have a ton. Right. Um, but, but it's also just an Ellen trend to not right, be able to exactly. quote. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have one, two. I think we both had six, right? Three, four, five, six. <gasps> You're so smart. Oh, oh my, my God. Gosh. My brain actually works sometimes. I'm really surprised I remembered what, what? that. Yay, Alex's brain! <laughs> Gold star. Yeah. I have a little thing of stickers here. Do you want a sticker? <laughs> oh my god, that's so perfect. I'll take um, one. I think these are actually not mine, so you can't. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you your own stickers. That's um, okay. I actually ordered some from Amazon, so they should be coming in a day or two. Perfect. Um, I know. I gotta track. I gotta track all of my my, my new stuff that I learned. Oh, I, so. I thought you were going to say I have to check my stickers. And I was like, <laughs> like right now? Or like, you have to yeah. know where they are? Me, I need to go on Amazon and check <laughs> I if was, they're going to get to me by tomorrow. I was like, no. okay, Alex. Like, <laughs> like why are these even, stickers so I, important? I know. I was like, she wasn't even talking about these stickers two minutes ago. And now she has to go track, track them. Oh, my God. Okay. Again, this is why we have a daily podcast about our right. problems. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk more about these damn stickers. Yeah. Um, if you didn't note the very heavy sarcasm, I really hope you all did because there is no such podcast. Uh, Who have I been talking to then? No, <laughs> Alex, I thought that was you. Oh my gosh. Okay, so yes, six six twinsies. Okay, so my first one um, is. Something that Nesta um, is is remembering something that her mom said to her uh, back when she was younger. And um, I don't know. It just it struck me and I really loved it. So the quote is, um, my Nesta, Elaine shall wed for love and beauty, but you, my cunning little queen, you shall wed for conquest. And dun, I, dun, dun. I know. And I was like. Um, as people have probably come to learn that, you know, a lot of my favorite quotes are ones that I think are, they they fall into, I feel like two different categories. And sometimes it like, it's an overlapping category also. Um, but it's like things that are applicable, not just in the book, but in like everyday context or like moments that make me stop and go, Ooh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, (laughs) So this was one of those. Um, every once in a while, there's like a haha one too, but those I feel like are my main quote categories. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd say that's um, a fair, fair analysis. Yeah. So that was a, you know, 
a little bit of a shivers uh, moment for me. Um, this next quote is a uh, funny, funnel, funnily enough. That's a real I think word, that's right? Correct. Yes. Okay, great. Um, is a uh, one that made me like laugh out loud. Um, because first of all, I just thought it was funny, and second of all, it's exactly how I would have talked about what she talks about. Um, <laughs> so it's when they first go to Windhaven, and Cassian is going over to, like, the racks full of weapons. And Nesta's, like, looking at all the weapons. And it says, <laughs> it says, Nesta had no idea what any of the impressive varieties were beyond their basic names. Sword, dagger, arrow, shield, spear, bow, <laughs> brutal-looking round spiky ball on a chain. <laughs> and I just, because I, as soon as I read that, I was like, what is that called? I was, like, <laughs> I was like, is that a mace? And then I was like, or is a mace something else? And then I was like, I don't, and like, and some of them, the ball is spiky and some of the time the ball isn't spiky. Well, but and isn't too sometimes like, it's not off of a chain. It's just right. like sometimes on it's just the... on the stick. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell we're very versed in our weaponry. <laughs> ball on a stick. That's a, that's a weapon, right? Oh dear, we would totally make it as as uh, Valkyrie for sure. Mm, we got we've mm-hmm. got it. <clears throat> oh yeah, I mean I could cut that ribbon today if you asked me. Yeah, I got a scissors right here. <laughs> That's all they needed. They're busy using a sword. Real Valkyrie, no, you just snip snip. <laughs> <laughs> Real Valkyrie are more resourceful. <laughs> I always carry a scissors. No, I don't always carry a scissors, carry a scissors because then I would stab myself or something. Um, okay, <clears throat> so the next favorite quote of mine is it. Ha- they say it many times in the throughout the book, so I don't have a specific moment, um, but it's the keep reaching out your hand, mm-hmm. um, because it's something that I try to do in my everyday life, mm-hmm. you know, for people. And it's something that I hope people will or would do for me if the roles were reversed, right? I, I would hope that someone would be there to keep reaching out their hand to me if I need, if slash when I need it, right? Yeah. I feel um, like that's such a, a fundamental part of your character. Um, in these books? I'm in these books? Oh my God. No, like your your personal character, <laughs> yes. you know, just that, you know, anytime I get frustrated about like something someone has done to you or mm-hmm. like said in a conversation or whatever, and I get angry and, <laughs> and you're, and you know, not that it's happened to me, but then you're like, well, but I need to treat, you know, every person, no matter what they do, no matter how they react to me in the way that I would want to be treated because that's just how I need to live my life. Like, I need to be yeah. okay with who I am, and that includes treating everyone with respect and compassion, no matter yeah. if they treat me that way as well. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, mm, if you're not treating me well, we're going to have some issues and I might not be nice anymore. <laughs> You know, and it's like, and and neither of them are right or or wrong, right? Like everybody, that's the beauty of being a person. You get to decide how you're going to live your life. But my mom always taught me, 
that, or she always said to us, us children's, um, that she didn't really care what we did as long as that we could look in the mirror and be proud of who we are. And that is a big part of it for me. And the way people treat me is not going to change how I treat them. Which I think is Should just it? such a beautiful thing. And <laughs> oh, well, you're, thank you. like, you're such a good person for that. Well, thank um, you. But there, I, there are certainly moments I where I'm like, should live my it? life like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you. I try. So, yeah. Yeah. Score. So that quote, that quote makes a lot of sense for me that that would really apply to you and yeah. connect with you because of that. Thanks. End of podcast. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's calling my name. I gotta go. <laughs> okay, now we're done talking about me. <laughs> we just I'm have to go, go on I'm the rest of your quotes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then my next one is... Um, ooh. <laughs> I, I literally just got goosebumps again just reading it. So You sounded slightly French again when you – it almost was like a little French laugh again. The oh-ho-ho. Ho. Well, it just – sometimes it happens, I guess. I don't know what's going on over here. But um, so my, <clears throat> my next quote is from the first time that they're training uh, – no. They're all training, but it's the first time Nesta gets to train with a real sword. Mm, okay. And she's, like, holding the sword. She's feeling super powerful. I get it. Like, I'm ready to sword fight. Uh, I don't know how, but I'm ready. Uh, (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, you did just the other day talk with your personal trainer and say that the, you know, you're training to climb a mountain first. And so once you accomplish that, then she needs to train you in sword fighting. Mm -hmm. Not that she knows how, but it's still your expectation. Right. Yes. She's got like two whole years to learn how to do the sword fighting. I've already explained it all to her. Mm -hmm, Uh, The -hmm. climbing the mountain is going to be my personal blood right. I'm really hoping it has a lot less killing. (laughs) Um, In fact, exponentially less, right? (laughs) Yes. This goal goal of yours to climb (laughs) climb a mountain by the time you're 30. For my 30th birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Is... um, Hopefully going to be no a murder. very pleasant right. non murdery affair. Because right. um, I don't I don't want to kill anybody. Um, <laughs> but I've decided that's going to be kind of my own blood, right? And technically, right, if I were following the... I should do this sword training beforehand. But I've got enough work to do <laughs> to get me ready to climb a mountain. So I'm just going to do it a little bit backwards. Um, That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But we're finding so, you might have some connections anyways that could... And by me, I mean she does, but I'm connected to her. So, yeah, so basically, exactly. yeah, they're mm-hmm. my connections. So Basically, you're going to learn how to sword fight is what's happening. And you yeah. will be a Valkyrie. <clears throat> Duh. I'm... Duh. That's, is that even a question? Remember the scissors? Come on. <laughs> I can cut Already Valkyrie Alex. material. Literally, the thing that makes you a Valkyrie, though, as we learn, is the cutting the ribbon. So literally, I don't have to learn any of the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Anyways, so she's got the sword in her hand. She's feeling super powerful. Mm-hmm. And then she thinks to herself, she being Nesta, thinks to herself, never again. Never again would she be weak. Never again would she be at someone's mercy. Never again would she fail. Never again 
never again, never again. Um, I definitely typed that out twice. So I, it says, never again would she fail. Never again would she fail. <laughs> you're like, what the heck, Sarah J. Mass? What are you doing? Like, what is, this seems make sense. Why was like, this this seems a little repetitive, quote. but whatever. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's just pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. It's that girl power moment. That's my... Sorry, that's another of my That is another quote trend genres. of your quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like girl power. She's recognizing her power. She's... It's gone. I don't know. Sorry, everybody. Um, Okay, next quote. It's right before Gwyn cuts the ribbon. Sans scissors. She she does it with a sword. The book would have been a lot shorter if they all had scissors, is all I'm saying. (laughs) Or if they were Cassian and could do it the first day that they brought it. Also correct. Yes. Um, Because Cassian is What kind of book... But what kind of book would that be if they were, he's like, like cut the ribbon, and they were like, done! Done! Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so it says, uh, Emery said, nothing can break us. The world... Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm remembering this from last time, that this one I used talk to text for, and it didn't accurately talk to text it and then of course i forgot that but um so you forgot to change it for yeah of this course time. but that's why okay. i always write page numbers so it's on 621 of the hardcover <clears throat> this this episode is just our is going to be our version of the comedy of errors like the, the first episode didn't oh my god go well Oh, my god! Though, I mean, I think the recording of it went really well. But then as soon as I stopped it, it somehow. Right. The technology just failed us. I like that. Instead of, we didn't do it. it no, was the, we didn't the do technology it. Well, granted, if we did do something wrong, we have no idea we when have- or how. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, we have- so I'm going to say the technology just failed us. I like us. it. Good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Um... So, um, okay, ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. So, Emery said, nothing can break us. The world seemed to pause at the words, as if it had been following one path and now branched off in another direction. In a hundred years, a thousand, this moment would still be etched in his mind, that he would tell his children, his grandchildren, right then and there. That was when it all changed. And I just like. <laughs> and then she cuts the ribbon. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, it gave me chills. Um, I loved the concept of like the whole world branching off from this decision. You know, I like I'm a type of person who likes to think like if I had worn this outfit today, how would the day have gone? You know, like I like to think about like how decisions change things. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they're not like big decisions, like it can be little things like that. But, um, I just loved that whole concept. And I just, I also love the concept of Cassian, this big, bad, super intense warrior watching this happening and just being in awe of it, you know, like, and like ready for it and ready for them to take their place and step into their power and all of that stuff. And it just speaks to how amazing he is. Um, and I was just like sobbing, like I was just, (laughs) 
Um, which I did quite a bit throughout this whole book, so it's not really that big of a surprise, but... Right. No, it's not. Um, uh, and then my last one, I'm going to try to get through without crying. <laughs> so, <sighs> Feyre has gone into labor. She has died giving birth. And Nesta has no, brought her... No, she, she doesn't no, actually she... die. I think she does, though, doesn't she? I don't think so. I think she was, like, a breath away. Oh, like she was on her deathbed. (laughs) Like I'm pretty sure in this one she didn't actually die, and the reason I like paid attention to that is because it freaking (laughs) happens in every single book where someone dies and then comes back to life, and you're like, how many times can she repeat this? Not the second one. Okay, fine. The first, third, and fifth book. Every other book in (laughs) this series so far. Just the odd numbers. Oh yeah, not a not Um, a repeating theme or anything. Okay, well I guess I thought she fully took her last breath. You thought she was a breath away. Either way, she's very close. Right, she's right door. there. And Nesta has brought her back. And in doing that, she says to her, as I can tell, this is maybe not going to go well, guys. Okay. <laughs> That's not what she says to her. That was Ellen talking. <laughs> Can you imagine if she said that to everybody right as she's about to save her sister's life? She's like, this is not. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, this is not going to go well, guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. Who let us have a podcast? I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Like, there are some days where I, I hope that no one actually listens because then no one will know how ridiculous we are. Well, at least a good chunk of my family listens, so... But they, they but all they already know, know love you. Yeah, yeah they so already know fine. how ridiculous we are, so... Um, and then I listen, but again... Yeah, I listen know. to the majority of it, too. Yeah. Yeah, which is how we end up speaking to no one. Because... <laughs> yeah. Anytime Ellen says my name while I'm listening to the podcast, I forget that I'm listening to the podcast and think she's actually talking to me, and so I start responding. <laughs> And it's happened basically Same. every single podcast episode of ours that I've listened to. I love it. It has happened to me as well. So, um, okay, back on track. <laughs> um, that's our third podcast is uh, uh, Tangent Central. <laughs> yeah, this, we... one, this episode's been really bad so far. That's okay. About staying on track. We've had a I lot like, of tangents. I like it. <clears throat> um, what were we talking about? Oh, <laughs> My favorite quote. Right. Feyre is right there at the edge. Nesta is saving her life. And she says, You loved me when no one else would. You never stopped. Even when I didn't deserve it, you loved me and fought for me. And Nesta looked at Feyre's face. Death a breath away from claiming it. Maybe I should have just kept reading my (laughs) own favorite quote. She didn't... Stop the tears that ran down her cheeks as she squeezed Feyre's slender hand tighter. I love you, Feyre. She had never said these words aloud to anyone. I love you, Nesta whispered again. I love you. And, um, that's it. Were you just sobbing at that point? Oh my god. I mean, I had already been sobbing. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but that, that, like... (sighs) Don't worry, I have notes about that. We can talk about that whole scene later. But that whole mm-hmm. scene broke me time and time again. Like, ugh. oh yeah, 
So let's talk about your favorite quotes. Okay. 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 <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So my first favorite quote. Um, oh, is actually around one of your favorite parts. Um, it's when Nesta tricks Cassian to going to the mm-hmm. library and um, basically sparring with her so that she can mm-hmm. demonstrate to the priestess. How respectable he is. Right, yeah. and how, how basically how magically great he is. Um, <laughs> but it was the part that I really like that just spoke to me was describing how Cassian felt when he moved and trained and fought and how you can just see like how much of him is a warrior and how Mm -hmm. that is ingrained into like everything that he does Mm -hmm. um so it says he'd always felt that way when he did the movements correctly like his body and mind and soul had lined up and begun singing and I think that for me was just such like an aha moment almost mm-hmm. in like how in tune and aligned like everything about himself like was. Like I know mm-hmm. for me like I struggle to get like my brain and my heart, you know, aligned and like on the same page a lot of the times. And so to me that was just like damn do I need to become a warrior so that I can finally, like, become so in tune with myself? Um, so that was my first favorite quote. Okay. And my next one, two, three, four are all <laughs> in my favorite part. And you had six in total? Yes. Great. <laughs> okay. So. Again, this is throughout um, Nesta and Cassian's conversation where Nesta bears her soul and Cassian is heartbroken by it and tries to support her in any way he can. And I think he does beautifully. (laughs) You're totally not biased though, right? No, not at all. He says, but only if you are willing to fight. Only if you are willing to face it and embrace it and walk through it to emerge on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And in that, he's referring to, like, her guilt and self lo- self-loathing and pain and everything. And that the only way you can't keep avoiding it and pushing it down. Like, if you want to get through this, you have to fight for it. Um, yeah. I was like, yes, you are a wise one. You are a wise one. Um, oh, this next one really hit me because I definitely struggle with recognizing this. So I'll, I'll read the quote and then I'll kind of explain. Everyone deserves happiness. The road there isn't easy. It is long and hard and often traveled utterly blind. But you keep going. Um, I definitely struggle with recognizing that I deserve happiness regardless of 
anything that I do or my accomplishments or anything like that. Um, yeah. So that one also really hit me. You like I said, like that. all of this these, like all of these are, again, like as if he was speaking to me. Um, he was. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. This next one, too. I was like, whew, okay, get ready. Always profound from Cassian, which is so not true. Because a lot of what he says is not profound in any way. Um, but I think I have a couple are... notes on some quotes that may or may not be that profound. Yes, I agree. Um, another reason why I love him, because he's so multifaceted. Okay, back to the quote. Forgiveness is something we also grant ourselves. And I can talk to you until these mountains crumble around us. But if you don't wish to be forgiven, if you don't want to stop feeling this way, it won't happen. Yeah. Um, and so just the combination of forgiving yourself um, is a huge, huge thing. Um, and recognizing that you can still forgive yourself and others and it doesn't necessarily, and it doesn't mean that you're okay with what occurred, that you're mm-hmm. forgiving, and like that those are two separate things, and also that if you don't want it, and want it enough, and work towards it enough, then it won't happen. Yeah. Um. Okay. So his final quote from this part of the book. There's nothing broken to be fixed, he said fiercely. You are helping yourself, healing the parts of you that hurt too much and perhaps hurt others too. And I just thought that that was great in terms of trying to get her to recognize that she's okay and like changing up her perspective and how she sees herself and that she's not something broken that needs to be fixed right yeah um which i can totally relate to as well okay so my final quote is similar to one of yours something that was said multiple times throughout the book and so i just chose one of the times that it was said um and i think this was kind of one of the mantras of the valkyrie or the priestesses in general i can't remember the valkyrie she was the rock against which the surf broke mm-hmm. yeah and i just think that the imagery is such a great way to look at strength and determination and getting through any type of situation and letting things roll off your back that you have no control over and um again it's just a good reminder i agree i know (laughs) i know oh my god like i feel like there's so much about this book that's just like very profound just hits you one hits you in the gut in terms of just like being emotionally wrenching in general but then like hits you in the heart too because then you're just like (laughs) maybe it's the other way around maybe hitting you in the heart is the like emotional can just like in general and then the gut Mm -hmm. is really where you're like this applies to me 
Like, holy mm-hmm. shit, like, this this has profound meaning for me, not just profound meaning for the character that I'm reading about, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a lot of that in this book. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, as you all just saw those four quotes from Cassian's part, I was like, these really apply to me. Like, I'm not going to go into all the details, but, like... <laughs> The struggle this is This book is real. basically about me. Okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go through a war. I didn't um, let a thousand uh, Illyrians die by not figuring out how to warn them. Like, I don't have all of this okay, legitimate can- guilt Side note, I need to talk about that for a second. It's one of my notes, and I think it's a great way to segue into our notes. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I knew that a ton of them died... In that blast, right? But a thousand of them? Like, holy shit. And also, like, on the other side of it, it's like... Don't worry about it, Nesta. You got the most important one out of there. Like, (laughs) Right. Like, sure, it's sad that they died. But the most important one didn't. Is that bad? Is that bad to say out loud? Uh, uh... Um, but yeah, like, I didn't realize that until she says it for the first time on, like, page, yeah, like, 17, because I made a note of it. I was like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, that is, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a big number. <laughs> yeah. Um, no kidding. No so, kidding. speaking of my notes, I broke my own record of fastest note this time. So, I think this was previously held by... Frost and Starlight, where my first note was, I think, on page one, um, with the whole, all this shit happened in two years. I still yes. don't buy it, as a side note. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Sarah don't have to get into should it again. come out with, like, a detailed timeline. Yes, please. I need, like, speci- I need dates, hours, minutes. I would appreciate minutes. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She could probably even sell it. Like, oh, her merch is genius. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but I do. Sarah I J. Mass, if you're listening, we we would appreciate a detailed timeline. Please I just need thank a, you. I just need a timeline. Thank you very much. The end uh, <laughs> of that. Not the. We're still talking. <laughs> Alex, don't leave me. <laughs> um. So, I beat my record this time. Uh, my first note was in the dedication, and it was a prediction. And I'm gonna say, it is true. But not quite in the way that I thought it was going to happen. So my the dedication reads... <clears throat> I should have been prepared. I wasn't. So it says, For every Nesta out there, climb the mountain. And for Josh, Taryn, and Annie, who are the reason I keep climbing my own. And so my, my thought was, Nesta's going to do the right. That's the mountain that she's talking about. Um... And then that's the point that Cassian was hinting at in A Court of Frost and Starlight when he was talking about how not every Illyrian climbs the mountain. And then that was also my other prediction was that's how she Nesta was going to prove that she could train with the Illyrians. Because at that point in time, I was still thinking she was going to be the link to like just the female Illyrians because we didn't know about the Valkyries yet. Uh-huh. Um, so... Um, 
I was right. She does do the right. She didn't sign up for it, though. So that's the part where it, like, is not totally mm-hmm. accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had thought, no idea about the Valkyrie at that point. Right. Either. That part, mm-hmm. too, is not correct. But um, I'm counting it as a win. <laughs> yeah. Um, though it did <laughs> prevent you from reading the book for multiple days. For a week. Like, I couldn't yes. pick. We had two weeks to read the book. Um Actually, no, that's a lie. It was even longer than that. Because I, I read this book in, like, a day. Um, <laughs> I sat down at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning and then finished it at, like, midnight. No, it was sooner than that. It was, like, 9 or 10 or 11. I don't know. Somewhere between <laughs> 9 and midnight. There were a lot of interruptions and other things in the middle, but I read it all in a day uh, is the short answer. Um but yes, I had picked it up. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to actually take my time to read through it. And like, no, that didn't happen because I read the I read the dedication and then I freaked out and I couldn't pick it up again for a long time. So and then you told me about your freak out and then I read the dedication and also freaked out and then also <laughs> set aside the book for a couple of days. But it wasn't it wasn't a full week. I had over a week to read it. Um I mean, I had over a week to read it, too. I just didn't take advantage of it. Yes. Um, yeah, that's true. So, uh, um, mm-hmm. great, good, Yeah, good, good. so my first note was on the first page. Okay. So um, we get a sneak peek of this book at the end of the novella. Yes. And... I had literally read the novella, like, a week before reading this book. Yeah. Right? Um, so I actually, should know. It was, like, it was actually, like, two weeks. Okay. Just to make you feel well, better. Well, it was basically right before reading this book. We had read the novella. And so I should have remembered. Huh? I should try to make you feel better. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um... You're not really helping, but that's okay. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> it's okay. I'll keep reaching out my hand. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. See, uh, got it. Yeah. So, as anyone who has read this book and read the sneak peek, it starts out the same way. Though, the beginning of this book actually has a lot more detail. Like, it expands. So, mm-hmm. it expands upon it. But, the very beginning of it is the exact same. Mm-hmm. again my memory is terrible somehow i completely <laughs> forgot about this and like the first the opening sentences are like talking about her like drowning in water and you know it's it's a memory of her from the cauldron <laughs> but that's not immediately apparent until maybe like at the very beginning of the sentence i was like what the fuck is happening like, what? I thought this was supposed to be about Nesta and Cassian training to help her through her pain. And you're, where's this water? What's what's happening? And then I, like, finish the first couple of sentences. And it's very clear that, one, I have read these sentences before in the sneak peek. And two, it is her memory or dream of being in the cauldron and that's where the water comes from and i was like really alex really like you have read this before how did you forget this 
Um, this is so. not the first time I'm hearing this story, and it's still really funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad to provide any entertainment value that I can. You're, I was about to say you're welcome, but I don't. That doesn't make any sense in the context of what you just said. Um, that's, that's okay. Funny. The other day when um, I was flying home, I totally did the thing of where they're like, uh, when you're checking your bags and the, um, what the guy <laughs> like, there is yep, like, have I a good flight. Exactly. And, yep, and I was like, you too. You too. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. I mean, not so much in the year of the pandemic, but like when I would go to movie theaters before all of this and they'd be like, mm-hmm. enjoy the movie. I'd be like, you too. And they'd be like, I mean, sorry. That's not what I meant, but okay. Um, Have a good life. Bye. <laughs> I'm mortified. Right. Yeah. I can never show my face here again. Um, so the thing that struck me in that opening part, which is funny because, of course, I read it before, too. But the thing that struck me in this read through and not in the little snippet sneak peek um, at the end of the other book is that it was painful. The change was painful. Because, like, of course, in my head, it's magic, right? So, like, in my head, it was like, oh, it was tingly, and then they were fey. But of course not. Like, it's their bodies are changing, and their bones are changing. And, like, I was, and so I was really struck by it this time, and I was like, oh, my God, of course it was painful. Like, on top of everything else that's going on, this is happening against their will. They feel like they're drowning. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) It also hurts. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Way to just add salt to that wound there, Sarah yeah. ass. No kidding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I I cannot imagine that, like, she has nightmares from, like, that experience on top of all of her experiences in the war on top mm-hmm. of how she's treated people since the war and before the war and before the war when they were poor and oh yeah she has a lot of guilt and pain yeah which is hard to read so much pain yeah okay so my next note (laughs) is a quote which of course probably at the time that I wrote it I know who knew who said it um let's take a look here um, well, I'll just tell you what the quote is, and then I can tell you who said it once I figure out who said it. Um, but someone says about Nesta, and I'm pretty sure it was Cassian. Um, uh, it says, she'd have made a fine general, still might be one someday. And he's talking about Nesta. And so then there was another moment where I was like, she's going to be the general of the female Illyrians. Because of course, again, at the same, at that time, I still didn't, we still didn't know about the Valkyries. And so again, I'm counting that prediction as one that's like tr- came true but not quite the right way because mm-hmm. she's definitely the head of the valkyries or at least right. i assume like she seems pretty much like the head of the valkyries um yes that is very true yeah so yeah so my first couple of notes are really within like i think it's the first chapter if not maybe the first couple that I have like a ton of notes and then they just get a lot more sparse as everything picks up. Um, But I just, I love from the beginning 
that there's just so many little hints. And granted, this is actually from the be- from the beginning of this whole series. You can just tell that Nesta and Cassian's, Cassian are mates, just like yeah. in all of the the interactions that they have, the instinctual reactions that they have. And one mm-hmm. of them that's noted in the beginning of this book when Cassian is going to pick up Nesta to bring her back to the river house. Mm-hmm. And he's like knocking on the door and hears her and just like even hearing her um, brings out his fighting stance. <laughs> and I think that's that's the first like, I guess, tidbit of their interactions to start off this book. And I thought it was a great way to do that. Um, Yeah. Because, again, it's just, like, this instinctual thing in him, like, to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Because, one, because she's his... Be prepared. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's what I think. I think that's... Nope. That's... Cassian and Scar, same, same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Evil uncle trying to take <laughs> over the pride and uh, war general Faye, who's like the goofy brother. Yeah. That... Same. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, that's all I'm hearing. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then he calls her Ness for the first time, and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, they're meant to be they are mates because oh gosh there were so many times throughout the first couple books where like i think for sure i'm like yes for sure and then something happens and then something happens and i question and then i'm back to being like yes they're mates and then i'm like oh no they're not mates and it's just it's it's been an emotional journey for me as a reader invested in cassian's future (laughs) (laughs) yes i get it and why is it not with you? I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really, I really struggle to come to terms with that. But, but unfortunately, you're not able to marry a fictional character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one was yet was really hard, hard to come to terms with. But you know, unless we do that three D printing thing that you were talking mm-hmm. about. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can get three D printed eggs for Easter, and I mean, who knows if they're actually they could be. Well, since I opened them and they were hollow, I think probably not, but you never know. <laughs> so, yes. So, for Easter, my dad got the family these really nice 3D printed eggs. And <clears throat> so, there's five of us in the family. So, he got us all one. There was like an orange one and a blue one and a red one and a yellow one and a green one. And I saw that there was a yellow one, a red one, and a green one. And so, of course, my first thought was Game of Thrones. And I was like, Mother of Dragons! And so then I said to... I had the green one, and I said to my brother, Sam, who had the red one, and to my dad, who had the yellow one, and I said, just out of curiosity, can I have your eggs? And they were like, sure. And I was like, like forever, like for this is like for keepsies. And they were like, okay. And so then I took them and I was like, Mother of Dragons, because <laughs> that's what color her before the final eggs. season. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to talk about that. No. We're not talking about that. We're not bitter <laughs> or anything. No. Um. But so yes, now they're all mine. But they are unfortunately hollow. 
for now, I guess. Dang it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't really know how to smoothly transfer that back to our discussion. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to mention that awkwardness and then just, we're just going to move forward. Okay. Sounds so good. my next couple of notes are from when they go, oh my God. This whole part, I was so angry at multiple different people during this whole part, so we're going to just talk about all of it at once. They go to Windhaven. He takes her there for the first time. They get there. There's the funny quote about the spiky ball on a chain. Love it. And then Cassian hands Nesta, like, a weapon or whatever, and then frickin' Devlin, the camp leader, (gasps) shows up out of nowhere, (laughs) and he's like, he's like... We have to bury the weapons that the witch has touched. Because that's what they're calling her. Um, and Cassian's like, don't be a dumbass. Basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing, in case you guys can't tell. Um, and then Devlin's like, and if she's on her period, again, paraphrasing, then we have to burn them. And I, like, lost my shit. I was like, you... I was like, you dumbass. Like... <laughs> It's feeling very Red Foreman from that 70s show. It's like, mm. you dumbass. <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? You're being so ridiculous. You're supposed to be, like, the progressive one. And, like, if this is the progressive part of it, mm-hmm. like, holy fucking shit. Like, mm-hmm. this is not, <laughs> like, um, I was so mad at him. I wanted to, like, just, like, oh, I just wanted to take it and just shake the shit out of him. And then... <sighs> Oh, my God. And then, to top all those emotions off, Nesta takes her sulky ass. See, this this thing, right? She's my favorite character in this book, but I can still be really mad at her. <laughs> she takes her sulky, depressed ass, sits down on that rock. He tells... Um, I'm so... I'm in the emotions already that I can't remember who the hell I'm talking about anymore. Um, and Cassian looks at her and he says, get up. And she doesn't stand up. And then he says, get up. And she knows what she's doing. And she's undermining him, the general of all the Illyrians. And he's telling a woman to get up. And she's not listening to him. And then in front of all of these men who don't think women are worth shit, like she knows what she's doing. She even has a moment where she's like, I kind of want to get up. And then she like clamps down on it and she sits. I want, I was ready to take the spiky ball on a chain and hit her over the fucking head with it. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. And then probably also do it to Devlin <laughs> just yep. for good measure. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah. When, when I read that part about the weapons and women, it just made me one so angry for them. But then it also... For the women? Yeah, like, for the characters in this book. But then it also just made me so angry at the world in general because it's such a good example of how women are still treated across the world and, like, the stupid, terrible shit that some men will do in certain cultures that it just, yeah, it got me on a downward spiral (laughs) that I was just like, men are terrible, which is not true. Because that is a too broad of a sweeping statement. You were a, you were a step away from burn all the men, weren't you? Yes, yes. And then the human race would die, and it would be my fault. 
Um, I don't know. I feel like we've got enough saved up in sperm banks. It, it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't be an issue for a while. <laughs> yes, the patriarchy is bad. Um, and that just yeah, that pissed me off a lot. And then with regards to Nesta not getting up, oh, it just it hurt my heart a little bit because you could just. Like, yes, she did purposefully clamp down on, like, that little bit of her that was like, oh, Mm -hmm. maybe I can get up. Mm -hmm. But it also, too, I think, demonstrated to me in a really, like, clear way the, the different facets of a person and how little control you can have over yourself in certain instances and how much... Like, depression can basically make decisions for you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, and I thought and how that de- And this how book... deep her self-sabotaging was. Like, mm-hmm. she, even though she wanted to not be in the middle of doing that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Sarah JMS did a really great job in this book of um, showing... I mean, granted, I thought she had done a good job in other books in showing the different ways that like depression and guilt and PTSD, you know PTSD and, and all mm-hmm. of this stuff um can really impact a person and change so many things about them um and i think she did it again in this book and like really did a fantastic job with that but mm-hmm. um i realized that there were a couple things that i wanted to just briefly touch upon that occurred earlier in the book. Um, no, we passed it. Done. Damn it. <laughs> Just kidding. So what if is we, it? we can rewind for a second. Um, I was going to try to make rewinding noises, but I don't know. I mind. don't even know what that would sound like. Um, so one of the things that was kind of like a revelation for me was in finding out through like Nesta's thoughts why she was drinking and going to the taverns and sleeping with all these men, um, Mm -hmm. or males, I guess, because they're fae. Um, it wasn't just to, like, drown her sorrows and to get herself through her PTSD and try to, you know, um, evade all of her problems, which was definitely a part of it, for sure. Yeah. But another part that I didn't realize and maybe it was alluded to previous to this but I don't think it was that in particular the sex really helped her like tamp down her power and keep Mm -hmm. it inside of her and as deep as possible and as inaccessible as possible um, because it kept like basically rearing its head up and she the only way that she could still keep any kind of control over it was to like release some kind of pent-up energy through right. sleeping exactly. her way through Valeris basically and that she was doing that as a form of punishment because yeah. she hadn't been able to save her father like her magic hadn't been able to help her then so right. why should she so be able she to have, it? yeah, to use it and have it and, yeah. 
So that was a pretty big thing for me um, to realize, which I think is in the first or second chapter of this book. Um, And then another thing that I wanted to just briefly touch upon was Feyre's paintings and how you find out, like, again, one of the reasons why I love Cassian and I love Cassian and Feyre's friendship is that she, like, he asks if he can watch her paint and she lets him because we know that it's such a personal and emotional experience for her and that she doesn't always share all of her paintings with every person. Yeah. And so the fact that she was like, okay, yeah, sure, if you want to. And and, and that he knew that, like, right? Because like, I think he also mentions at some point around there that he's always really loved her artwork because she doesn't shy away from, like, the the scary dark bits, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not just meadows and, and sunbeams and stuff with her. Um, and so like he knew that that's what she did and that he still asked and she still said, yes, I totally agree. I know. I totally yeah. Agree. I thought that was really beautiful. So, um, my next note just says, Alex, you were right. <laughs> I think you should get a tattoo of that. Except maybe change it to, Alex, you're always right. Oh. Well, if you're always right, then sure. Okay. Um, What what, what was I right about? So this one was... Besides everything, obviously. (laughs) I think this is the part where Cassian is trying to be a a courtier. (laughs) And he has gone to visit... um, Vasa, Jurian, and Lucian mm-hmm. are <laughs> dumbly named band of exiles. I still can't get over that. I still think it's, I, I, I love, I love the name. What I can't get over is that they came up with it themselves. <laughs> like to clarify, I think it's a great name for the three of okay. them. But th- it's the fact that, <laughs> like, I like to picture the three of them sitting down being like, what should we call ourselves? <laughs> Like, over dinner one night, like, I, <laughs> I don't know, like, it, <laughs> um, but he, he goes and he's talking to Vasa about who has her, um, trapped in that spell, and we find out that it's the Bone Carver's brother, right, and I was right, like, right, Alex, right. you were right! I was right. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, and then also Eris is there. <laughs> yeah definitely can i just oh yeah go ahead i was just gonna just... say that this <laughs> we keep talking <laughs> over each other go ahead uh... i'm gonna stop talking until you're done go okay <sighs> you're gonna hold your breath too while you do it okay are you going to hold your breath like joey holds his breath aka still breathe through your nose <laughs> yes Joey from Friends, just yes. in case anybody was wondering. Yes, in case people didn't understand my Friends reference, which if you didn't... I got it. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you did. But as I was saying with Eris, um, this book constantly had me questioning like everything about him. And I was like, how are they taking what he's saying to them at face value? And like, why are they trusting him? And there was a lot of second guessing everything that was happening with him and you know, what are his true motives and is he actually saying what he's saying? And then when you think that he betrayed them, but it turns out that he didn't and he was captured and, oh yeah, it was a lot of like stress and back and forth emotions for me, basically whenever he was involved. I'm done now. (laughs) 
smiling at me creepily. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't talking over you. Um, I was just... <laughs> I was just going to say... Um, well, actually, first of all, I agree with everything you just said. Like, I, I still can't put a finger on what I think about him. Um, but I think I mentioned it in the last book when we really sort of meet him, um, that Eris, E-R-I-S, is the Greek goddess of chaos. Oh. Um, and if I didn't, I meant to. But in, oh, in okay. our world, Eris is the Greek goddess of chaos. And I can't think of a better name for this guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so apt. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's the perfect name for him because mm-hmm. he's he is chaotic and you can't figure out where he sits, like you said. And one minute you're like, he's definitely the worst. And then you're like, is he the worst or is he just kind of bad? And then you're like, is he, like, what level of bad is he? And then it's like, is he bad or is he just... Who know? Like who knows? Mm-hmm. We still don't know. No, <laughs> we still don't know. We're just gonna go past it. Just, just keep going. <laughs> um, cause it's just, who knows? Is the mm-hmm. short answer. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you just said. So okay. So right. So um, the book opens. Nesta is having a really hard time (laughs) um and then she gets this ultimatum right that she has to stop doing it and she either gets to live in the at the the house of the wind or she goes back to the human realm and she's told that she can leave the house for her training and for her work and she can leave the house anytime if she can get down this flight of 10,000 stairs. And I'm like, I can't even picture a thousand stairs. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't even know what 10,000 stairs looks. I mean, okay, to clarify, I know what stairs look like. And I can imagine <laughs> stairs that just go on forever and ever and ever. But I cannot even imagine what 10,000 stairs looks like. I think it has and to be on the side of a mountain. Well, yes, but, like, also, the spares, the spares, the stairs that they talk about, like, she talks about them, like, curving, right? So, like, they're, like, spiral staircase. So, it's, like, Mm -hmm. what is, like, I don't even know what's going on. But one of the things that I love most about the staircase is Cassian telling Nesta that when he and Reese and Asriel were younger, their punishment would be to climb all the way down the stairs and then all the way back up the stairs. And he tells her the story <laughs> of, the fir- of, of the first time that they had to do it and how he got so dizzy and he was in the back. He got, they got so dizzy that he threw up on Asriel and Asriel threw up on Reese and then Reese <laughs> threw up all over himself and then they finished climbing down the stairs and then by the time that they... <laughs> all climbed back up the stairs. It smelled so bad in there that they all threw up again. (laughs) And I just loved the idea that these big, bad, like, the most powerful, powerful males, probably in all of Prithian, 
the world, who knows, right? Are throwing up because they're busy. <laughs> and throwing up on each other. And or they're throwing up because they got puked on. Yeah. I Again, this is why I would love to read a book about them when they were younger. Because it would just be filled with so much mischief. And, and yeah. It would be so good. It I, would be oh so great. Um, but I, so in the beginning of the book, I assumed that because we know that he's taking her to Windhaven for training. He, as in Cassian? Cassian, yes. Yeah. My assumption had been that they were going to live there as well mm. while they did their training. Mm-hmm. And then that's how they would, like your prediction, get the female Illyrians to train. Got it. And so when I found out that she was going to be training for living at the House of Wind, I was really disappointed initially. Okay. Um, but later you weren't But later, yeah, <laughs> because one of the big things of living in the house was, one, the house helped her so much. Yes. <laughs> but also then the library is housed in the House of Wind, Right. What? The the library with the priestesses. It's below the house. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Under the house. Yeah, so, so like, and right, that right, was the such a. library's in the mountain, and the house of the wind is on the top of the mountain. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that was such a big part of her healing. Um, yeah. So like, I'm I'm fine with how it turned out, and like understand understand why Sarah J. Mouse did what she did, mm-hmm. but I'm still a little disappointed that like it what i assumed i think based on one of the ideas that you put in my head because you were like oh my god she's gonna be the missing link to the the female illyrian warriors that i was really invested in that idea coming into this book um i still think she is gonna be the link though yeah yeah but like i wanted it to happen in this book and i wanted granted Granted, Cassian did mention multiple times that change is hard and takes forever, especially with a race as old as the Illyrians. Um, and, as, and, that, and as ass backwards as the Illyrians. Yes. Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> However. Definitely, come fight me. Come fight me. I, I'm ready. Uh, yeah, I still wanted it. Like, I, I love the aspect of the Valkyries and the fact that the priestesses became, some of the priestesses became part of the the Valkyrie group and that the training moved out of Windhaven for a reason and was the thing that got her to train. But I also kind of wanted all of the Illyrian males to like see her train and like be intimidated by her and yeah. oh, I totally like have that. the female Illyrians watch them a little Mulan and, moment. Yeah, and be the ones <laughs> like instead of the priest like we get that with the priestesses being the ones who come in to get trained, but mm-hmm. I had wanted it to be the Illyrians coming in to get trained before I knew that the priestesses would have such a role. Got it. So I'm still hoping that somehow that will happen in the future. I'm sure, I, I, have, I have a feeling that we'll see more of it. Yeah. Um, so that's funny because that, so as soon as we hear about the Valkyries, when Emery is telling Nesta about whatever her 
the other priestess's name is. Mean yeah, priestess. who she who she works for to help with her research. I'm just research. gonna call her Mean Priestess because I can't remember what her name is at the. I moment. think it starts with an M, so that works out yeah, well. Mel- anyways, Melina, Melanie. It's not Melanie. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, she's telling her about the research that this priestess is doing, and as soon as she mentions it, and I was like, Nesta's gonna bring them back, and then I was like, with Emery, with. Because she's met her now, right? Mm-hmm. When they were up at Windhaven, or at the point that the Valkyries are brought up, she has now met Emery. She's met Gwyn, mm-hmm. and I was like, maybe, maybe with Emery, maybe with Gwyn, maybe with both of them. So then I was, I was just really proud of myself. I was like, once I finally realized that she, that's what they were happening, mm-hmm. um, that was, was a like, good Look guess. At me. Another prediction. That's I'm so good, good at predicting things. You are so good at predicting things. That's the, that's not always true. <laughs> uh, it's your magical talent. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> oh. So, um, my next note is just something that's really near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. um, especially on days like today. Um, so it they're in the spring court, and. <laughs> I know what's coming now. <laughs> it's, it's the first time that you see the spring court in this book. And Cassian and Reese. I was like, what? I was like, what's the what's the main guy's name? Um Reese are going to meet Eris. And Cassian is trying not to scratch himself because he is horrible seasonal allergies and I just first of all I loved the idea of having this big bad like fearsome general who can cut down enemies in his path without even blinking and all of this stuff like the fact that he has seasonal allergies is like the cutest thing ever and then also just as someone who has really bad seasonal allergies and is having a particularly bad allergy day today um I just was like, just even better. Like, I just, I just love it so much. I know. He's so amazing with his seasonal allergies and all. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's actually a good segue into a scene that I found just, like, really cute. And Yay. also... Um, cute scene. Very, like cute and moving and a really good reminder to myself was when Cassian and Moore met up um in Valeris and yes I don't know it's just like such a nice reprieve from all of the Nesta angst to go back to like Cassian and Moore's friendship and them just meeting up you know in the streets of Valeris and hanging out and touching base um but he's like walking to find her and he sees her basically just like sunbathing just like soaking sitting outside in a chair just soaking up the sun her face upturned and the way that Cassian described her was just that he could tell that she found so much joy in the warmth of the sun like something so small that brought her so much joy and that just really represented her as a whole that she can still 
find so much joy on a day-to-day basis even though she had been through so many terrible experiences for me was just like such a good reminder that sometimes it can be all about mindset and that that can really make a huge difference in your day-to-day life and how you live um so that was a really good reminder for me and then also they were just cute in their friendship (laughs) yeah they're adorable they are yes we need a book about more please i'm sure i'm sure it's coming um my next note just says the house is pushing them together lol you know sometimes like when i'm writing these notes i'm like this is the best note this is how i'm gonna remember what i'm talking about but then i go back and i read them and i'm like ellen you're so dang cryptic (laughs) and like (laughs) if we could have a little bit more information my dear friend um yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way when it comes to my own note writing. I'm like, what was the purpose of this cluster of words? Because this doesn't, like, as it is, this doesn't feel worthy of reading aloud or mentioning in the podcast. Unless it's supposed to have some deeper meaning or, remind <laughs> like, reminding me to remember what I wanted to yeah. talk about. And then it doesn't. And then, you know, it's not super helpful. So, I'm glad we're on the same page about that. Mm-hmm. That we are similar in our note writing. Um, so, they... It's one of the parts where Nesta is in the house. She's talking to the house. This is the part where she first finds out that the house likes to read romance novels. Mm-hmm. And it's giving her some suggestions. And... Um, she, um, in a, in a different part, it had brought her dinner in her room. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, she's like, there's no dinner tonight. She's talking to the house. And then it's, she goes, Nesta nodded toward the desk. No dinner tonight. Her bedroom door only swung open to reveal the dimly lit hallway. (laughs) I've had enough of him for one day. She'd barely been able to speak to Cassian for the rest of their lesson, unable to stop thinking of how he'd put up a wall without her so much as saying a word, anticipating that she would go after him, assuming that she was so awful she wouldn't have a normal conversation, that she'd mock him about his mother and their pain. And then she says to the house, I'd rather stay here. And then the door opens wider. <laughs> and and she's like, you're as much as a, of a busybody as the rest of them. And then she finally goes and joins Cassian at the table. And so I wrote, of course, the house is pushing them together. And I was like... I love that so much. The house is like playing matchmaker. I just. <laughs> oh my God. I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and like time and time again, the house does little things like that where it like makes her be around other people, mostly just Cassian or mm-hmm. like it doesn't allow her to do what she wants to do because it knows it's destructive for her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or like when it listens to her that she can't, have a fire because the snapping of the fire sounds like her dad's neck snapping and like I just I want a magical house that's my best friend <laughs> <laughs> and caters to your every women need even I when mean, you don't know what those really, yeah even yeah, when you don't know what those really needs nice are mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely that would be super nice 
Yes. Um, so my next note... Oh my gosh. So my next note, I think it's actually really funny because I don't think I would have noticed it if I hadn't... If we hadn't had a similar situation with the... With the... With Feyre in A Court of Mist and Fury. So it's a part where she and Cassian are having some primo banter. <laughs> Which, let me just say, I was here for it through this whole book. I loved their banter. Oh my god, the banter back and forth between them was fantastic. Like, um, why can't you go just perch on a, a chimney? Yeah. <laughs> it was like one of the things that she said, which I was just like, please, please, go do that. And send me a picture because I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah. So, um... so she's um (laughs) it's just so funny so like they're having this they're having this discussion it's one of their um it's one of their training sessions and she gets to the training ring and she's like are we doing more stretching and balancing and he's like no we're gonna do a warm-up and then we're moving on to some core work and then she's like her what (laughs) and then he's like abdominals and then of course he's like you have a filthy mind you read too much smut because we all know that that's like her favorite book type to read um and then like he's of course shirtless too because he knows what he's doing and (laughs) (laughs) and so he's also like walking around shirtless and so she's like so you're gonna make me look like you basically um and then he goes no one can look like this but me ness and then she, in her mind, calls him an arrogant ass. And then she says that Reese and Asriel look like him. And then he says that he's got a couple muscles on them that they don't have. And then she goes, I don't see it. <laughs> and then he winks at her and he goes, maybe they're in other places. And then she laughs at him. Mm. And Oh, no, this is what you mean by what we right, saw with Farrah. Exactly. Okay, okay. So and I don't think it would have meant as much if we hadn't seen that parallel with Reese and Feyre when she smiles for him for the first time or when she paints on him for the first time. And we have the benefit of, in Feyre's point of view, right, that it's written in her point of view. Like, we're getting all of her emotions in it. And so I don't think this would have meant as much to me if I didn't have that background, because I would have been, I would have been like, yeah, she laughed at him. Of course she did, because that was funny. Like, yeah. Right? Like, but then of course, he stares at her like, oh my God. And she's like, okay, stop. Like, let's not make a big deal about it. We're moving on. <laughs> you know? And of course, I was also just as shocked, because it was sort of that first outward sign that maybe she was healing a little bit and mm-hmm. it was, I was and also partially i was like oh, thank god like i can't take much more of this <laughs> like <laughs> oh i know yeah that so much of this book was really hard to read um one of the ways that her pain was described was i thought was a really great way to talk about it um and this was earlier on in the book too that Sarah J. Mass said that Nesta had turned into a wolf to be able to deal with becoming so impoverished um, mm-hmm. and all of the problems that came to came with that. 
But it turns out that that wolf didn't only just help her survive, it also devoured her whole too. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was a really cool way to describe it. Um, and I can totally see that. Like, and, and it makes so much sense too in general because the way that a lot of people end up dealing with pain or with problems end up causing even more unintentional problems, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was a great way to, one, for me to visualize what happened to Nesta, but then also, again, be like, right, this is what happens to so many people without, you know, with our intention of trying to deal with something or fix something, and then you end up with a completely different problem on top of the problem that you still haven't fixed. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. On a complete 180, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my next note, I was so excited. I like yelled, like like squealed probably is probably the best word out loud because my next note is they're kissing. (laughs) And what I loved so much about this scene is that they're having one of their banter moments. Mm -hmm. Like they're in like the hallway of the house, right? And she... (laughs) She gets this idea in her head that she's going to put Cassian in his place by surprising him and kissing him. And, of course, the minute she has this thought, I'm like, yeah, okay, you're doing it to put him in his place. Okay, sure. And then, like, she kisses him, and then, like, they can't stop, right? And it gets, like, really intense and, oh, my gosh. Um, But I just just thought it was so funny that she was like, ha-ha, this will show him. And I'm like, nice try. You you just want to kiss him. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> like, admit to yourself your own true motives here. Yeah. I was like, nice, nice try, Nesta. We all know why you really want to kiss him. None mm-hmm. of us blame you for it, but we know why you want to kiss him. I know. Um, I know. Um, so, one of my next notes is a prediction that I was super proud of. Yeah, let me hear it. Yeah, so um, we find out pretty early on in the book that Reese has put a full shield around Feyre, mm-hmm. and so much so that like Cassian can't hug her or like kiss her or smell on her or because yeah. it's like basically around her skin, um, and he's like says to her like what the fuck like what is this and she's like mm-hmm. oh um reese has been learning some stuff from um helion yeah. yeah about spells and so he's practicing on me um and that didn't about pass shields yeah oh shields yeah. yeah and that didn't pass the smell test for me um oh, got it it totally yeah. did for me yeah because the thing the it. thing that stood out to me the most was that it was mentioned that he couldn't smell her scent anymore and i was like there's a reason for this i think mm. she's pregnant look at because you, i know because then her scent would change and then everyone would know um because just because she isn't showing that's gonna be the thing that um tips them tips off. them off exactly yeah yeah so i, I was, was totally super proud of myself because i saw that um. coming way way early on Look at you, Sherlock. I know. Um, yeah, I was super 
happily blindsided by it. And I um, sobbed. Like, and I had hoped that we would see it in some of these upcoming books, yeah. right? Because it's mentioned that they're going to start trying to have a baby in the um, uh, novella. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. like... And we see from the Bone Carver in previous books. Right. Their, that at some point, image of their there son. will be a son. Yeah. Right. But, of course, we don't know what time period. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything, really. Because they are very long-lived. Right. And also, the other thing that I realized, it also doesn't... It's really funny because, of course, this is how it worked out, right? He presents himself as their son and, but it's, um, and then they had a son, right? But, like, he doesn't, it's, it's never said that it's their firstborn son that he looks like, I thought that, too. Mm -hmm. You know, so, like, I think that's interesting. And especially because there's a part, oh, my gosh, don't worry, I have notes about this, too, for later. But, like, there's a part where, um... Favor kind of like is like, or they, Reese. I don't know. Somebody mentions that he didn't present himself with wings, but their baby has wings, mm-hmm. right? And so that was the first part where I was like, right, but he never. The bone cover wasn't like, "Hi, I'm your firstborn son." He was just like, "Here is a son of your like, right?" So I'm hoping that means more Reese and Feyre babies. <laughs> Um, yeah, although, I, I thought... Although, actually, as a side note, part of me is like, God, not after what we went through with this first one. Like, <laughs> But it's okay. It's okay because she's now... Her body is now anatom- anatomically... No. Anatomically. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I can speak English. Anatomically? Uh, yep. Yep. That's how that's... anatomically? Yes. That's exactly what I what I meant and said after I said it incorrectly. Um, that she can now have babies with wings um, because as part yeah. of Nesta's sacrifice. Um, so I'm not as nervous know, about still, that moving I'm forward. S- oh, I'm not nervous. I'm just traumatized. I'm like, even yeah. if it's safe now, like I'm like, no, we're done. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking that same thing too when. She pulled Nesta, when she being Farah pulled Nesta aside and said, I wanted to be the first to tell you, like, wanted to tell you first that we're having a boy. Right. And as soon as she said that, I was like, really? Like, how do you know that? Like, again, the barn, the bone carver showed you a boy, but that doesn't mean that that's your first child. Right. Yeah, so I... They made a lot of assumptions. They did make a lot of assumptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <coughs> oh, no. Oh, bless you. It's, sorry, it's the allergies. Cassian, I, I understand. Um, so my next note just says the mating bond with, like, four question marks. Um, so let's find out what past me meant by that. Oh, um. yeah. I mean, I, I just have a note that, because um, I think with this book, there was less ping-ponging, you know, back and forth about whether they were or weren't mates. Um, but one of the things oh. that solidified it for me was, like, his instinctual reaction um, when the human queen threatened Nesta for him to just, like, 
automatically be like so concerned about mm-hmm. her safety and like yeah, he prioritized not, her right away. That's not the what made me think about the mating bond. So talking about sense, right? <clears throat> this is a part um Okay, as a side note, like this series There's no secret that there's some sex in it, like, and mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of sex in it. This book took that to a, as you know, because you read it, and other people who have read it know, it took it to a whole new level. Um, and so this part is, um, <laughs> uh, they made out in the hallway, Nesta basically like gave Cassie in a hand job <laughs> right and then kind of poked fun at the fact that he finished right and then left him wanting more in the hallway and so then to pay her back for it which also can I just tell you that part was so funny because I think um after that Azrael was like I'm supposed to be your chaperone like do I need to be here more and he was like no it's fine um but before he does <laughs> his reciprocal I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he says to Azriel, he goes, turn a blind eye, chaperone. And then he goes and finds Nesta. And then he and Nesta have some sex in time. But, like, they don't fully have sex, right? But he pays her back mm-hmm. for what she did to him. And so then the next day at training uh, at, on the, at the house on the, of the wind, um, Azriel is also there. And so... He, Cassian faces Nesta. He, um, he's feeling a little self-conscious after everything that has happened. Um, and... Because they keep, oh gosh, they keep interpreting and misinterpreting things. Like, yes. the first instance, he's embarrassed that he felt like a randy teenage boy with no mm-hmm. self-control and that showed on his face, and she interpreted that as he regretted and re- kissing, yeah, like being exactly with being her. with her. Right. So then she became hostile and left him right away. So then he interpreted that as her not wanting to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they yes. keep doing that to each other <sighs> every time, and it just drove me crazy. Um. Yes. So then Azriel shows up. And it says, um, um, and he, and so then he gets a little embarrassed and then he, but then he looks at Nesta, who's like not blushing, no sparkle in her eye to tell him that she enjoyed herself. And then, um, Azrael walked in behind her and then it says his brother took one look at him and smirked <laughs> as new could either send Cassian on Nesta or could already send Nesta on Cassian even from across the ring. And so then that was when I was like, oh, the mating bond, right? Because oh. you, when, when you've mated with your mate in this world, your sense become like one, basically. And so that was my first thought. Um, <laughs> and then my next note is just in the same part here because they're doing hand-to-hand combat because Nesta's kind of like, why is Asriel here too? Um, and, um, oh, sorry, no, Cassian's like, why are you here too? Um, (laughs) and then, 
Asriel's like, because I'm not interrupting anything, am I? Because I'm just here to train for myself. And then Cassian's like, no, you're not interrupting anything. We're going to do hand-to-hand combat. And Asriel's like, my least favorite. And then Nesta's like, why? And then he, and Asriel says that he likes swordplay better. Um, and hand-to-hand combat is too close for his tastes. And then Cassian says the beautiful line, he just doesn't like getting a face full of someone's armpit sweat. <laughs> And I just love that whole, um, I don't know, I just, Cassian is so funny. It's not, it's, it's not even funny how funny he is. Mm -hmm. Um, I would agree with that. Definitely. Oh, but then, can I talk, this is not one of my notes, but now that I'm realizing what part this is, um, I, oh. Maybe not. Maybe. Oh, yes. Okay, so so then, to show Nesta what's going on, right? Cassian and Asriel fight each other. Shirtless, I might add. And she watches them fight. And then Asriel, brilliant fighter that he is, knows that Cassian will get distracted. Yes! And so what he does is he, like, whips his head towards Nesta. And so, so of course, Cassian's like, what's happening with Nesta? And then that's how Azriel gets to beat him. Because they're pretty evenly matched up until that point, right? Like, they can't... First of all, they've been sparring with each other for, like, 500 years. Like, it's pretty hard to surprise somebody when you've been fighting for, you know, uh-huh. that long. And then, you know, but so then Azriel gets this brilliant idea. And he... And then he wins the fight. And then... <laughs> later... <laughs> Nesta's thinking about it, and she's like, I wouldn't mind, you know, hooking up with both of them. And I was like, Nesta! But then also, we we know, you and I, I don't know if everybody knows this, but there was apparently a scene that Miss Mass wrote for this book that she deemed too explicit uh, for this book, which also, as a side note, I'm like, compared to her other scenes in this book, how explicit must this, must this have been? Because... Whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I agree um, with that. But what the only thing that we know about it is that it was like a threesome scene. And I'm like, I wonder if that's what it was. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> Mr. Chaperone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't so chaperone <laughs> Yeah, it's either them, I think, or the Band of Exiles, possibly. Yeah, I thought about that too before we read the book because we knew we knew about that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reading the book. Um, yeah, can she at least tell us like I, that, who right? the like, scene I don't even involved? To, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind the scene, but um, if she could at least just tell us who it was, like that would just help quiet some of the <laughs> nagging voices in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, That's for sure. Okay, so my next note, I was so excited. I was. It just says, I was right. Um, because I realized it's the start of part two. And that's when I realized that the parts of the book, at least the first three parts of the book, are the levels of Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was very... Um, very excited about that. Nice. Um, I think my next note is about 
the wings so we can I'm talk about that at think. whatever point you want to. Yeah, it looks like we've already talked about a lot of my notes. Um, but one of them that I did want to expand upon a little bit yeah. um, is just how everyone belittles Cassian and how he, like, that completely shapes how he thinks about himself and like when reese approached him earlier on in the book and was like hey like i think we should expand your duties and um cassian was super reluctant not because he didn't want to um like help reese out in any way yeah uh, or participate you know, further in helping out his court and his people, but because he didn't think he was qualified to do anything more than what he currently was, which is basically he just considers himself like a brute, like brunt worker. You're not saying Reese was belittling him, right? No, no. Okay. But because of the belittling that has occurred throughout his life... He has internalized that yes, and yes, now yes. believes that he isn't qualified and good enough. To, you know, he's just put himself in this small box and, and yes. doesn't, one doesn't realize his full potential, doesn't see himself clearly, and right. it just breaks Although my heart every time. Although as a quick time. side note, he was not the greatest courtier. <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, I will agree with that. I will like, agree just as with a that. Quick side note. In that particular case, <laughs> maybe he wasn't so qualified for it. <laughs> I I will agree that, that that is fair. That is fair. Um, but not because he's not capable of other things, yeah. just because those aren't his strong suits. And that's okay, because nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um Yes. Yeah. So. I know. It's so it's so hard to see it's so hard to see that in in any character, but especially in in him, and especially in this book when he's trying so hard to change how Nesta views herself and to help her not view herself that way, but then to find out that even though he's trying so hard to not view himself that way, he still does. Mm-hmm. Right? And like Man, did I identify with that. Oh, my like, God. I was just about to say the same thing about how, like, when we talk to each other about some of the issues that we have in common and basically tell each other to do certain things, but that we can't do it, can't for, ourselves. Do it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it so much harder for me to be able to say, like, oh, we'll work on this when... I haven't been able to do it, you know? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just heartbreaking. Because really you just want him to know how wonderful he is. I know. <laughs> He's not even real. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> That's trivial. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Oh, my gosh. Right? So... Yeah, like I said, my next note, it just says, oh, no, period, Feyre, period. So, 
right? Like, and it, and it was so sucks because everybody was so excited and elated. Like, even Nesta, right? Even though she's in the midst of all of this, she's, like, so excited. Like, or, well, her version of excited. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but she's, like, she's touched that Favor wanted to tell her first about what they're having. And, you know, like you see the strides that are being made. Like she even has some sort of thought about like being better for the baby. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, right. And so you're like, Oh my God. Yes. And then (laughs) they just take this, they being Sarah, Sarah, cause you know, we're on first name basis, just takes this burning hot poker and just jabs it right through your gut when she's like, by the way, the baby has wings and Feyre's gonna die when she gives birth to it. Yeah, because at <laughs> first, was... at first, like, they only, we were only told that the baby has wings. And, right. and that Reese was really freaking out about that. And I was like, why is that such a bad thing? Like, are you that ashamed of your people? Like, are you upset that as since you're viewed as a half-breed that like your son is going to have that same stigma like mm-hmm. i was so confused as to why he was so yep. upset about it and then and then he talks to cassian and you find mm-hmm. out that like birthing Not for illyrians she- is super hard and often ends in death but because and she, they're built for it yeah it doesn't right. have the specific anatomy that illyrian females do there's basically no chance of survival for either for her the mother or for the her baby. or the baby exactly yeah and yeah. like and not only is it going to be that they both die but it and then you get like a, a little glimpse into like how horrific it will be and then you're like oh well fuck this shit yeah like <laughs> yeah and then on top of that well this doesn't yes! occur till a lot later you're oh. reminded of that freaking um whatchamacallit that they made to each other that's bargain bargained yes thank you that's the word that they made to each other that they're going to die at the same time and can i tell you i didn't remember like i didn't remember that it was like a bargain bargain Mm -hmm. right yeah because they got the tattoo to seal it like it yeah oh yeah i don't worry i remember that now (laughs) but when they mentioned that i was like mother Yeah, I thought Amarin's reaction was really appropriate. She was like, you fools! And the thing is, is I I had that thought back in the book. Was it the third book where this occurred? I can't remember when they actually um, I don't, well, sealed Well, don't ask me because I, I, like, forgot. So don't ask me. I think it's the third one. Yeah, because my first sure. thought was like, oh, how romantic. And then my second thought was like, how terrible. That's such a terrible idea. Like, you're going to leave your family. Like, if you have any children, you're just going to leave them alone. Like, what if they're mm-hmm. little? What if they need one of you? Like, right. that's so selfish. Yeah. Um, or, in this instance... What if, What... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. Oh, my God. Love then, can make course... you blind and dumb. Yes. And so then I had this moment later on after you find out that she's going to die where I had this prediction. And again, I was right. I'm so excited. Um, That I had the prediction. And this is before we find out that Reese will also die when this all happens. And I had this prediction that something was going to happen to Feyre and the baby or Feyre or the baby. Like I didn't know which 
grouping, but something was going to happen and that Nesta was going to be the one to save them because she keeps repeating over and over again how she's failed herself, her family, her sisters. Like that's part of what her internal monologue is telling her over Mm -hmm. and over again is that she failed, you know, so miserably in protecting her family. And, um... And, like, she didn't protect her dad. Like, she, like, so, like, all of this stuff. And so then I was, like, that's going to be her chance to save her sister. That's going to be the step where she gets to stop thinking that she has failed everybody. And, like, that's what's going to make her most comfortable with her magic. And, like, that was what I was, my prediction was. And minus the magic part, because I didn't quite see that part coming. Mm-hmm. Um I was right again, and I was like, oh my god. Though, I think even before then, she was already making huge strides into... Oh, yes. You know, like... Yes. I don't even know But if, that was going to be the healing between was, her and her sister, mm-hmm. is what I was thinking, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, because it's so horribly... Um... um It just, oh my God, it was just so messed up. Because then, of course, and I was, can I tell you, you know, our readers know if they listen to our other episodes, I love Reese. I adore Reese. He's wonderful. But again, if he was perfect, no one would want to read about him. So he makes this decision Mm -hmm. that no one's going to tell Feyre. And I was like, "Mm -mm. no, 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 no. First of all, you don't get to tell, you don't get to not tell somebody that they're going to die because you want her to be happy. No. (laughs) So I I was so mad at Reese. I was like, oh my God. And then, and then when, when, I'm getting ahead of myself. I was so mad at him that he decided that for her. I'm just going to do this chronologically according to my notes. So... Okay, I can't, though, because I already... Whatever. It's fine. I was so mad at him when he told her that. Uh-huh. <sighs> Period. We're putting a pin in it. We'll talk about more later. Why can't we talk about it? Okay, fine. Now. <laughs> <laughs> fine. We can. I didn't want to take over, because I have a bunch of notes right here that are all connected, and so it was just going to be me talking for a lot longer. Oh, okay. So I just didn't want to, like... I talk if you wanted okay to. <laughs> well but i think we should talk about it because what i fine fine i'll keep talking oh if you well insist. no i'm i'm trying to <laughs> gather my thoughts here is like the thing that you mentioned about um reese not being perfect okay. it was a really good reminder to me because not only was i really mad at him for making this decision but i think i was almost more mad at him for requiring Nesta to leave Valeris after she told Feyre because he would have legitimately killed her if he had found her. Mm. That was part of my upcoming notes too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. So we need to backtrack a little bit then. No, you don't have to apologize. That's fine. So... So at some point around this time... Cassian takes Nesta to a uh, blacksmith because mm-hmm. 
and I think this is brilliant, um, that he thinks that people who have weapons should know where they come from, right? And I love it because when I used to teach or help teach horseback riding lessons, one of the things that we did is like before they ever got on the horse, we taught them all about caring for the horse because that's what you should do first before you put them on top of the horse because the caring for the horse is the more important part, you know, right? Because if you don't treat your horse well, you don't deserve to ride a horse, Mm -hmm. right? Is basically the idea. And so I loved that idea of before you get a weapon, you have to learn where it comes from and the hours of work it takes and all of that stuff. So you gain the respect for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so he takes her to the forge. She makes three weapons. Um... And then they leave. And then they find out that she has somehow magically imbued these weapons. And I have a note here. <laughs> so they, so it comes, to, it, it comes to Reese. You know, the blacksmith drops him at his feet and is like, I don't want anything to do with these things. And then runs away. And so then they have this whole meeting behind Nesta's back about these magical weapons. Amron's like, don't touch the weapons. And then they all leave. Yeah, she's basically like, ba- children. <laughs> Boys, right. <laughs> yes. do as I say. <laughs> don't, don't touch these touch things. These. And then she they she leaves the room. And then she, I love that she comes back. And she comes back and the bat boys are talking about how they can unsheath it. And Reese decides he's going to use his magic to do it. And then he, um, like Cassian, I think, says, or Azrael, I don't know. One of them says, this is a bad idea. And then Reese is like, that could be the night court motto. <laughs> Which I just thought was so funny because it's true. Mm-hmm. Um and so they unsheath it. Amron comes back and she's like, why am I not surprised that this is what you guys are <laughs> Right? This like, why doing. Why do you even keep me around if you don't bother to <laughs> right. do as I say, this, idiots? This, like, an, like, this person that they really should be listening to because right? she's, like, ancient beyond belief, right? And, um, but then they've made this decision. They voted. And Reese and Amron voted not to tell Nesta that she made these magical weapons. And then Azriel and Cassian voted that they should tell her. And then Pharaoh was going to be the deciding vote. And of course, Pharaoh was like, yes, we need to tell her. But also, I was so mad at Reese at that point, too, because I was like, sir, you don't get to... I know that you're the high lord of the night court and all that shit, <laughs> but you don't get to decide for other people what they know and don't know about themselves. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> well, you might want to tell that to Feyre about Lucian, too. Don't worry. I have. <laughs> and I have a note about it later, too. So then, Feyre, of course, says, yes, we should tell her. And then Cassian's like, great, let me tell her. And again, Cassian has a lot of strong suits. <laughs> Tact is not always one of them. <laughs> I think that's another reason why I like him so much is because yes. I am also terrible in that regard. Yes. It's, to- I totally, I get it. So. He- oh, okay. So you think I'm tactless? <laughs> no. That's why I like him a lot too. I'm sorry. No. That's what I meant. I was, I meant, yes, that's why I like him too. Um, no, I think, no. Stop it. You're tactful. <laughs> well, thanks for saying that, but I I, I agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's I don't even think that's a real word. As a side note, um, tactful. So yeah, then, it is. I think so. Oh, good. Yes. 
So then Cassian, in all of his dumbness, because he knows that Nesta is not good in front of people. So he shouldn't drop big truth bombs in front of other people, first of all. And then also, like, he he finally tells her that she's made these magical weapons in front of other people. And then the beautiful dumbass that he is also tells her that people voted to not tell her. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have said that, my beautiful dumbass. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and so then she's like, who voted not to tell me? And then, really, he should have shut his mouth beforehand, but then he really doesn't help it by saying Reese and Amryn. So she finally, and then she gets so mad, she finally climbs down all of the stairs. And I'm like, also imagine her how long she had to hold on to her anger to climb down 10,000 stairs. But that's fine. She climbed them all the way down. She goes marching into Amryn's apartment, which, first of all, careful. Like, I know she doesn't have all her magic like she used to, but I'm pretty sure she could still kill anybody. (laughs) Um, She goes marching into her apartment. Amryn is busy with uh, Varian. (laughs) Um, He sneaks out of there like, oh, (laughs) like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. He goes to get Feyre. And then Feyre shows up. And then... And I, and I do agree with Cassian and Feyre because they think about this later, right? But, like, she did see similarities in her situation and Feyre's situation. And she Where did think she was... people weren't telling her and were making right. decisions for her. Yeah. Right. And so I do totally agree with all of that. And in her way, that's how she was getting justice for both of them. But she whips around and she yells this at... Right? Like, yells at Feyre. And she's like, oh, you want to talk about secrets? Like, how about the fact that nobody in your family is telling you that you're gonna die right which is when i write this thing oh no 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 (laughs) this is why you tell people things right away and i went oh feyre and then i wrote to feyre apparently in my own notes btw have you told lucian about his dad yet (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) because no i'm i i am a firm believer in telling the truth always just period end of story um but especially when it's big things like this like i know why they're put into stories like that because they can they create the conflict that can be resolved later but like that's gonna blow up in Feyre's face and i love lucian and i don't want him gone or what like some like i just that's not gonna end well i don't think yeah i mean elaine is already messing with him so much that I'm so I didn't love her to begin with but I understood in previous books like why she was hesitant to be around him and like couldn't really handle it because she you know had given herself to her fiance and you know, was having Side a hard note, time. I want to talk about that in a second. Was having a hard time adjusting to being Faye. But mm-hmm. she seems to be healing a lot better in this book than Nesta is. So, in my opinion, she doesn't have any excuses to treat Lucian the same way that she has been still. Well, and I, I w- that just, yeah. yeah, I mean. I would be hesitant only to say that she seems to be healing better than Nesta because. 
we don't know what's going on on the inside. That's true. Right? Like, on the outside, she seems to be adjusting. But we both know that that doesn't necessarily mean that what's going on inside is um, the same thing. And she even has that moment where she's talking to Nesta. And she's like, "Some like I was thrown in that cauldron, too. And somehow you've managed to make my trauma about you. Right? And she says that to her. And I was like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> I fell into that same trap, right? Is because... Because outwardly, she seems to be improving so much. Because, of course, at the beginning, she was, after they were turned into Faye, she was the one who was catatonic and not eating and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And so she seems like she's healed. But we, of course, have no idea if that's accurate or not. Yeah. Like, you know, so. But also, it costs nothing to be kind to people, <laughs> you know. And it's like. Yeah. And then, but then it's like, but also like he was working with Tamlin, who was working with King of Highburn, who went behind, you know, and who went with Ianthe and like, it's like, I do understand that Lucian's, even though he has proved that he has moved past that, like he was still there at the time, you know. Yeah. Well, um, but Feyre forgave him. And I think that should hold some more weight than it has for Elaine. And well, that's the thing, though, is that Feyre forgave him for being a part of it, but she wasn't the one who was thrown in that cauldron, right? She had her own set of trauma from watching her sisters go through it and not being able to help her sisters, but it's a, you know, like, yeah, it's a... Yeah, that's true. You know, because... Basically, says, I just need to be mad at someone, and it's currently <laughs> Elaine, okay? Great. <laughs> Sounds good. That's fine. Um, but speaking of Elaine... When Nesta let that little tidbit go that she that Elaine slept with Grayson like a month before their wedding, I was like, oh, Elaine. I know, like <laughs> seeing a whole new side of you. Ooh. Okay. I didn't think she had it. Well, this is an unfortunate phrase that I just used, but I didn't think she had it in her. <laughs> I didn't mean that, but, well. Oh, oh my gosh. That's great. So, yes, I was just so, that whole part, I was just, um, I will, however, say, though, there's a part after, um, after, how does, I don't even remember how exactly that all worked out, but, like, Oh, man. So there's a part where um, after Feyre finds out but I can't remember if it's before Cassian goes to see Reese or after he does but Feyre pops up in his mind and I, and I love it because he's like sitting on the roof or whatever and like it talks about how he like physically jumps because he forgets that she can do it too and I just thought it was the cutest thing you know like um but she has that moment that he's like you seem so calm about all of this and she's like well you know I don't want to pass anything through myself to my baby. And then she has this beautiful line where she's like, I'm going to fight for him until I can't anymore. And I'm like, that's just so quintessentially Feyre. You know, like she's mm-hmm. going to fight for those she loves until she can't anymore. Um, that's so true. 
And I was very mad at Reese, like you said, when he was like kicking her out of the, her being Nesta out of uh, Valeris, or else he was gonna kill her. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of loved that scene of Cassian fleeing to find her. Right? Like, yeah. He finds and then her... Asriel, like, swooping in with the supplies <laughs> yeah. and them being yeah, like, right. so, like, let's go. He, he flies out of the house. He has to find Nesta. He finds her. She's already trying to run out of the city, right? He doesn't even slow down. He, like, scoops her up. They fly up to the house. <laughs> I like to picture Asriel just, like, standing there with, like, bags, like, where are you guys? <laughs> Where are you guys coming? Right? He doesn't even slow down. He, like, grabs the bags from Azrael. He flies them up. Like, I just, I thought, like, I could see it so clearly. And, like, it was so well described. And I could see it in my mind's yeah. eye. Yeah. Well, and then, um, and then it leads to her utter silence for five days of them walking. Mm-hmm. And that worried me so much. Yeah. But then my favorite scene happened. And they started making some big progress after that occurred. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so my next note has to do with um, solstice time in this in this book. And I know one of our big things after Frost and Starlight was what was in the box that Nesta, <gasps> not Nesta, that Cassian threw into the river, right? Oh, you know I love a good gift and that gifts are like, I've realized that's definitely part of my love language of like, I really okay, like love the, the thought that goes into it and like it just demonstrates, you know, like the kindness and yeah. love and time that you put into everything. And so the fact that Cassian put so much time and girl. so much effort girl. into his gifts for her, no. it just got to, to me. I was like, no. oh, I have to tell you, I was so mad at Cassian. So we find out that what was in this first gift that he got her that he threw into the river was one of the first books ever in existence he had hunted it down it was super tiny he whatever and he got it for her because he knew she liked to read and like that's all beautiful that's beautiful like you said the sentiment all of that stuff and then he threw it in the river i was like cassian please tell me you did not throw one of the first books in existence into the river it is now gone i was from posterity i was so mad at him. <laughs> Understandably so. Oh. But then he kind of makes up for it with his next gift. No. No, his, he doesn't. No. You can't you can't make up for that. I'm just kidding. His next gift um. is beautiful and wonderful and that little wonderful musical orb because he know because we find out that she loves music and she's a fantastic dancer. <laughs> you can tell she's a good dancer by the way she drinks a soda pop. <laughs> Oh, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. A little That's proposal a reference out there for people. Um, <laughs> and so he gets her right that beautiful orb, which he spent so much time. He put so much thought into it. It's beautiful. Um, but I just, I was so mad at him. Like, and probably, I mean, and not fair. even probably, but also at Nesta for, like, getting him to that point of being so mad to do that. But really, you know, you're in charge of your own actions, Cassian. Like, 
<laughs> How dare you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we had just talked a couple minutes ago about how my favorite part happened and that it led to some big changes and so she starts participating in more things Mm -hmm. for the court especially since Feyre can't now Mm -hmm. and one of those tasks is I can't remember what order it happened. Did they go to the prison first and then to the lake? Or did they go to the lake first and then to the prison? Lake first. Oh, okay. And I think it's a bog. Um, technically. Yes. That was freaking terrifying. Urid. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because they have to find those three... Um, right, the mask, the heart. Well, they know They know the the that the one of the human queens who's now... Faye has one of the objects they need to find the other two and that Nesta's the one do who they know that them. she has that ob- they don't know that before she goes to get the mask though oh true they find that out later um later on they find that out in the prison um because then she has that connection where yeah she can talk to her she talks to the queen yeah, yeah. um so anyways that that whole scene where she gets trapped under the water it's freaking terrifying. And the Kelpie, um, like, kisses her and tries to mate with her under the water. Ugh. Yeah, it was, it was revolting. And then the way that she raises the dead was so eerie <sighs> and just, But like, also kind of oh, a little bit goosebumps. like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh, my next note is actually about them in the prison. Okay. Because... Um, you know, they get there, she gets the harp, but in getting the harp ends up getting this connection to the queen mm-hmm. and is basically being controlled by the queen. She eventually breaks free, but the way that she does that is through the harp, which, like, breaks the bonds of some of the prison cells, right? And so... Yes. Yeah, and so they end up coming face to face with the prisoner that Cassian is probably scared of the most, mm-hmm. uh, which is saying something. L- L- Larynx. That's yeah, not his... I forget. <laughs> That's I forget not his, his name. name. Um, L A something. Yeah, but Cassian tells her to run, and in, like initially she w- won't. Because she wants to stay and fight. And then she heeds him and starts running. But then she's like, no, like, I need to go fight for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember exactly where this occurs, if this happens when he tells her to run, or if it happens when they're leaving the room with the harp before they realize um, that the, like, shield or spell or whatever that's containing this prisoner is gone. But Nesta was about to say something really important to Cassian. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen because she gets interrupted. I forget in what part of this whole scene she gets interrupted, mm-hmm. but she does. And oh, I still am just getting, like, physically f- angry. <laughs> that we don't get to know what it was. That we don't know what uh-huh. she was going to say. Yeah. 
I I get I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. She, yeah. She's good at a cliffhanger that even when you don't realize it's going to be a cliffhanger and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, but, but, but. Yeah, I guess, I don't know if Lanthus this is speaking is of. Name. Oh, okay. I don't know if this is speaking of cliffhangers so much as just like <laughs> Sarah J. Mass's little like nuggets and eggs and tips mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. that she sprinkles throughout her books geniusly. Um, and I don't remember exactly when in the book this occurs, but it's one of the times, um, maybe it's in Windhaven when Moore brings them and Emery sees Moore and you realize that there might be a little attraction from Emery's side. No, that's, I think that's later when, when people come to watch them do the practice oh it's when they're when they're training mm-hmm. and more comes yeah. okay i couldn't remember if it was at windhaven or if it was in their trainings ring at the house of wind yeah. um but anyways more has been absent from the majority of this book mm-hmm. um because she has been in valley um yeah playing diplomat and trying to because we know cassian's not the good choice for that <laughs> right right get um some treaties signed and prevent wars from breaking right. out um which is huge mm-hmm. and you do see like the couple of times that you see her that something's really weighing her down and bothering her mm-hmm. and i wonder if it's like her trying to figure out when she's going to come out or if it's something else mm-hmm. we don't know so that like that's one cliffhanger mm-hmm. around more or you know just a little nugget but then the other one is that you not that you find out that emery might be attracted to women but it there's like the suggestion or the possibility that it's like the reader's interpretation that she might be into women like it's not ever explicitly stated right, but she sees more and she's like she sighs and she's like she's so beautiful and immediately i was like dip dip ship uh-huh. <laughs> yep, yep, I know, because, like, it could just be, like, a total girl crush, you yeah. know, because, like, Morris Beautiful and you and I both have girl crushes on her, and yeah. like, she's the most beautiful thing ever. Um, but, yeah, so I am very excited no, to I'm see... No, I'm here for it. They love each other. ...what happens with they don't, that. They don't, I don't, they don't and know, I don't know if that would be... Yeah, and I don't know if that's necessarily a cliffhanger versus just the little, um, like, blocks that are being put together to build up the future story line kind of thing right um that was a weird transition but i just kind of went with it that's okay um i have a note about that too because immediately i was like oh yes i love it yes please yes please um yeah i think i think they would be (laughs) great together yes um Um, speaking of emery um i love this relationship that Nesta, Emery, and Gwyn create with each other. Um, and I love that they all become each other's friends and safety nets. Um, and, you know, I think 
I, I hate to say it this way because, of course, you know, what Cassian is doing with Nesta is so important. But I think more than anything, these connections that she's made with Emery and Gwyn are really what helps her heal, right? Like, more than anything, you know, because, like, all of the things that he's teaching her, while very important, are just ways to sort of cope with the feelings. But I think this these relationships that she's forming with these other two females is what really helps her sort of work through some of some of what she's feeling you know certainly Mm -hmm. the biggest part of what helps her work through it is when she and cassian have that big heart to heart after their days of silent walking and whatever um but i don't think she could have even gotten to that point if she didn't have these relationships that she has with them and nothing made me happier that like i said like it was one of my favorite parts than the sleepover that they had when they oh my god when they're asking yes. the house for crazy things and then finally it just they they end up and you like the scene ends up on them all sitting fully clothed in bathtubs full of just bubbles and i just think it's the cutest thing that like like especially that nesta is like fully into it she's totally having a great time they oh i know they make friendship bracelets oh i was just like i know but like i'm also so jealous because one i haven't had a sleepover in forever (laughs) and two even if you had a sleepover we couldn't have (laughs) yeah we couldn't have our own bubble baths while clothed with only bubbles and not getting wet like and all of their other really ridiculous asks that they had yeah. of the house that were just so funny. And, um, yeah, I think you're right. Like, the power of true girlfriends is Any something friends, that is always, really. always so underestimated, yeah. I think. I think, I, I mean, in, of course, in this case, it, it happens to be girlfriends. But, like, that, just the true power of friendship, just it, period. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because the, that's the case for... Cassian and Asriel and, and Reese, right? Like, that is the foundation of why they're such incredible people is because they've got that unshakable yeah. support system, right? And... Um, so you're saying the reason that you and I are such incredible people is because of our our friendship and our yeah, unshakable support system? I mean, I wasn't, but yeah, that's really nice. I'm- I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Um, But what I do love about all of this um, is that you... (laughs) So this this next part that I want to talk about comes after her five days of silence. It comes after the... um, It comes after the sleepover at the house. It comes um, after solstice where she spent time with the court and it was actually pretty positive and like you know like all of this stuff and she and cassian like had that really intense like night together like at solstice time and then later he is like talking to her and i just thought it was so so um it was such a good detail to add to this part that Nesta is still who she is underneath all of this right so like Cassian's pushing her to accept like to say what he knows is true right that they're mates we all know it's true we've known it's been true for a long time right as the readers 
Um, and Nesta just like, she can't get herself to say it. She can't get herself to say it. And then finally, like she says it or he says it. I can't even remember who, like who, I think he spits it out finally. Yeah. And then, and then. Yeah, because she doesn't say it until the blood right. Right, exactly. And so that, oh my God. I was, I was like, Cassian. (laughs) Because he says it. And then he says that he's shackled to her. And she immediately shuts down and she's like, no. Like she, and I was like, and there's Nesta that we all know and love. But I was like, Cassian, are you MNF and kidding me? You've been spending this much time to like (laughs) not make her think that she is a burden to other people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you go and throw shackled in there. I was like, are you kidding me? And then my next note is, the Archeron sisters are really good at running away from their mates to the mountains after wounding them emotionally. <laughs> because so we true, saw it with Feyre. And Moore is all too happy to be like, okay, great. Sister one, sister two. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to help out in this torment and torture. Ooh, so I wonder if we'll see that with Elaine, too. Because it's happened with two of the sisters. Right? I don't know. I don't know either. I have no idea what we're going to see with Elaine. Like, she's such a big question mark. Like, I'm like, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know what I'm rooting for. Like, no, I do. Actually, I should, I'm I'm lying. I know who, I. I I want, I want the mates to be. Yeah. I'm firmly in. Endgame. Team. I think it's Illusion is their ship name. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I love that, um, for Nesta even though she's typically, like, I was just thinking about the parallels between Feyre and Nesta's situations when they found out that they were mates with their respective mates, mm-hmm. that Nesta is definitely more of, like, the loner mm-hmm. um, and doesn't, like, accept people in as much. But when she finds this out, she accepts other people's help in getting her through the situation mm-hmm. whereas Feyre was like I need to be alone mm-hmm. right because um, well and, and, and unfortunately for Feyre everybody else knew right that's true and, too and she was the only like and the only people she would turn to were the people she was mad at whereas Nesta yeah. had Emery right so and, and Gwen and yeah. Gwen right but like but also Nobody had been hiding it from her, right? Like, <laughs> she was just too well, dense to see it. <laughs> I don't know. I I question how long Cassian was sure of the bond and how long he wasn't telling her about it. Mm, okay. That's interesting because I don't think – I think he – because I feel like it mentions it a couple times – that he, like, suspects, but I think for a long time, like, until, because it's not until that night that they sleep together on Solstice that they, that the bond snaps into place, right? So, like, unlike with Reese, where we see, we don't know it at the time, right? Because we still don't know, like, the first time you read through A Court of Thorns and Roses, you see it snap into place when he sees her at, at, after Under the Mountain in the first book, right? Because he looks at her, he stumbles back, and he disappears, Right? But we know that sometimes the bond snaps into place, even if you've known the person and been around the person many Mm -hmm. times, right? So, like, I think he suspected and I think he hoped, but, like, 
you know, they were so back and forth and there was so much going on and she was so wounded and he was wounded in his own, like, I think there was Mm -hmm. so much going on that he wasn't, Gotcha. he wasn't sure of it until Solstice. Okay, I can see that. You know, and that's why he was pushing her to admit it because then he had finally, he had confirmation of it and he needed her to also, um, yeah, um, uh, acknowledge it. Yeah, I mean, I love that um, Nesta, even before she went to bed that night, had already, like, worked through it mm-hmm. and resolved that, like, the next day she was going to seek him out and apologize. I was so worried that... Tell him. I was so worried that that wasn't going to be that fast. Like, like, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Um, but I was, I was very glad for that, that quickness too. Um, and yeah, then... but then it got messed up. <laughs> we thought by the Illyrians, but, but it was actually all a plot by the queen. I know. Which I totally. I didn't see that Did coming. not see that no. coming. Like I saw like the, uh, yeah, I didn't connect the drunk cousin with being under her control. No, um, of course not. But I did question once they were in the blood right, not the weapons and the food because I still thought that was from some of the Illyrians. Right, like they had figured out a way to sneak it in. Right. Um, but because I thought it was still like some of the Illyrians um, trying to fight back against like Reese and the Night Court. Um, Especially after they f- even finished the qualifier they, for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, because even though it was mentioned that, like, the unrest between, like, the different clans of, of the Illyrians, like, had been dealt with once ago and had died down, mm-hmm. um, I thought that it was still there and that the blood right was, yeah. you know, them demonstrating it and, you know, taking away something important from uh cassian but then you see that like the the group of guys around emery's cousin all seemed to be like acting a certain way Mm -hmm. and weren't you know scared of anything and that's when i was like oh they're under control of the queen totally didn't like pay any attention to that (laughs) really okay so that was that was pretty obvious to me there but I didn't put it all together still Until that she started. was the one who had orchestrated everything. Right, mm-hmm. right. That, like, it was all little bits and pieces, um, like, all the threads coming together mm-hmm. for a specific um, outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that whole part, right? So she gets taken, and then Cassian's like, I'm going to get her. And then, of course, you find out that if he goes to get her, like, he dies, she dies. If Reese helps, he dies. Like, he doesn't have any control over this, even though he's the high lord of the court. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, that's really serious, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and then um, Cassian has that beautiful moment where he's like, I've trained her for this. Like, and then I couldn't, I can, he, and then he even thinks to himself something like, you know, he would never take that away from her, the chance to save herself. And I was like, beautiful but also oh my god i'm so nervous right they go through that whole thing and then you see cassian and asriel going to scope out the to try to find eris because he's gone missing and then i'm like oh mother 
fuck. Right. And these are all in the last like hundred pages. Right. So this is when yes. shit yep. hits the fan after you think it can't possibly have shit the fa- hit the fan bef- more. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm so frazzled. I can't even think about it. Right. Like, and so, and then like, and then they see Eris and then like, they can't quite figure out, is he under her control? Is he not? It seems like he's not, but then, oh wait, he is. And then they get like <sighs> captured. And then it's like, what's happened? Like, <sighs> and then it was all a ploy to capture Cassian at the exact moment that Nesta was in the blood right. Yes. And then he shows up and he hugs her. And then she's like so relieved because he's there. And then he, he it's not him. But then you can see into his own mind and like he is in there and he's like, I hope she kills me before I kill her. And then I was like, <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> I was like, like, I need a paper bag over here. Right. And then she, and then she doesn't, you know, she frees him. She does, you know, all of that stuff. And then. She... And you think like, finally, and then you, you think you've made it through the worst her of it. like hundred page, just terror that she, um, makes us go through at the end of every book. But no, that's just the beginning. Because then they get back to the house and someone, Asriel, Moore, someone is like, it's Feyre. And then you're like, and then, of course, I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) I was like, oh no, oh no, it's going to get so much worse before it gets better. Because, right, because now we know about the bargain. And then, of course, I did know that there was... I had already been hoping that there was no way that Sarah was going to kill Feyre and the baby. I was worried that it was maybe going to be the baby because of the first child thing, like, mm-hmm. right? And I and I was a smidge worried it was going to be Feyre, but the, but I was I didn't think she was going to kill off Feyre. Like, <laughs> she's not going to write that many books about a character and then just like right. kill her off. I hoped, and then but then after we find out that it's a bargain, I was like, okay, for real, there's no way she's going to kill off Reese, Feyre, and the baby. Like, <laughs> so I part of me was like, everything's going to be fine. But then I was mm-hmm. like, but I, the baby was still the question mark, right? So I was like, oh my god, this is all going to be ba- like this is going to be so bad. <laughs> And it was, and it was so traumatic, and it was so, like, for all the reasons that we've already talked about, all of that stuff. And, um, and then there's the part where, like, Feyre's, like, about to die, and, like, Reese lunges for her, and Cassian and Azriel have to, like, hold him back as he's, like, screaming, and, like, and I was like, I, I, I was like, I don't want to be reading this anymore, but I had to keep reading, because I needed, to, like, it was just, it was just oh, yeah. awful. And but Nesta saves them. She saves the baby. She fixes Feyre's pelvis so she can give birth to winged babies. And then what I loved is that she f- had the foresight to fix her own pelvis. Yes. But when Cassian was like, "You want to have babies?" and she's like, "Whoa, I just want it to be an option." Like I love that she was still herself in that right. Um, but then I had also been so worried about that after we found out that that was an issue because we know that he wanted children. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So at least now Cassian can't have his family. Yeah. But But it turns out that he can. Yep. 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 The possibility is there. Um, I was also really happy that we got to learn the baby's name because you know me. I love names. 
And I was going to be really mad if they were like, it's a boy. And then that was it. <laughs> um, and then my last note is that we don't get to see the mating ceremony. And I was so sad about that because you get the little teaser about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. you get sort of the description of how it would go, and then you don't get to see it. And I'm like, this is a pattern, because we didn't get to see Reese and Farah's either. And I'm like, no! <laughs> I just want to see one mating ceremony. <laughs> well, maybe we can write to her and see if that can be included in any yeah. future books. <laughs> Okay, so do you have any more notes? Because I did realize after we recorded this once before, cough, cough, technology, um, that we're... One, two, three, four... Five things that I think are pretty quick that we didn't talk about in the original episode that I had wanted to talk about quickly in this episode. So did you have any more... Yes. No, it's great. I have just a couple things that I can that can be quick. One of them mm. was just that Vivian is pregnant too. And so I love that. Uh, I'm so sorry. The, I'm so sorry. Ellen's having a little panic moment. Because I don't think I remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the Winter Court and the Night Court are going to have babies that can grow up together. Oh my god! I know. Did I skip that so part? Cute. And maybe maybe it'll help with their, their court relations yeah. and um, bring them all closer together. But yeah, super excited about that. Um, how hilarious did I, how that did you that? don't know that. <laughs> See, this is also the issue when I read a book for the first time, if it's during kind of an intense scene, I read really fast and I, oh man, oh my God, I love that so much. I'm so excited. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And so. But also apparently I need note, to read the book again. Oh my God. I know. Um, I'm contemplating when, when I'm, this is going to be the next time that I read it. Because <laughs> um, it's so good that I'm already thinking about that. Yeah. Um. But I guess my one last note is just that while I love how the blood rite ended because, you know, she basically took the place of the first Illyrian and, mm-hmm. like, he's basically a god to them yeah. and sacrificed herself for her friends. Mm-hmm. I really wanted the blood rite to be a repeat of the Bat Boys. And I thought you for... didn't like things that repeated. <laughs> I didn't say that. That is too sweeping of a statement. Oh, I'm so I sorry. I don't like the repetition of the almost dying and the coming back. Mm. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Let me make that very clear. <laughs> repetition in other cases is perfectly fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I and I really thought it was going to happen because, um. Was it Emery who was... No, it was Gwyn who got injured initially. Mm -hmm. And so they started to have to support her. And that paralleled what happened with Cassian, Ezreal, and Reese Because one of them got super injured Mm -hmm. and the other two were basically dragging him up. And I was like, oh my god, it will happen. It is gonna happen. They're gonna do it. And then they didn't, which was disappointing. But, like, I'm okay with 
how it happened instead. But at the same time, I still kind of wish. I think for Nesta's story, it had to happen that way. Mm -hmm. Because it's another instance, like I said when I was talking about it being my favorite part, of her being able to save people and not think of herself as a failure and failing the people that she loves. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. But I also, I understand the disappointment because I, of course, wanted her to touch the stone also. Yeah. Um, so what are your five things okay, that you so, didn't bring up last time? Quick thing. This book keeps mentioning over and over and over again in different instances. It keeps saying that Nesta is the one who killed the king of Highburn. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. There are not many things to celebrate Miss Elaine about, but the fact that she is the one who stabbed him through the throat and killed him, we do not take that away from her. <laughs> like, that is so badass. And I was like, but then I was like, am I remembering that wrong? And I'm like, no, because that's like one of the coolest parts about what happens at the end of A Court of Wings and Ruin is that Elaine kills him. And then Nesta, <laughs> this feels like a weird sentence to say, and Nesta just cuts off his head and holds it up and stares at it. <laughs> yeah, so I have I have two thoughts in regards okay, to that. Tell me. One, I wonder if they're protecting Elaine. Like they mm-hmm. okay. want the story out there because everyone already knows to a certain extent Nesta's powers and that she has powers mm-hmm. and people already feel fear her. Okay. So that's not a big deal for okay. her to have done that. But I think it would turn so much more attention to Elaine and people would be wondering like what her powers are because that hasn't really been that wasn't really like out there um yeah Yeah. exactly okay so that was one thought I had the other thought was yeah I was questioning whether Elaine had actually made the killing blow or not like she's the one who initially stabbed him in the neck but then Nesta went right over and really just like screwed in the knife so I wonder like if he mm. actually died and, like, had his last breath when Nesta was doing that yeah, versus, okay. like, Elaine's initial stabbing would have been fatal alone, but it was Nesta who continued it and then stepped right. off but then of so course, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but then, of course, for that point, my thought is, like, well, then Elaine still technically kill like right like if she opened the door like she's the reason he's dead right like so i'm i get yeah. what you're saying though i do see what you're mm-hmm. saying about it yeah so but the fairness my, in me thoughts. the fairness in me is like well that still counts as her kill <laughs> yeah but life isn't fair ellen right Come on um so my next one could actually probably be a two like a two in one or my next okay. two i should say um so eris i want to talk about him just a smidge more and the court of nightmares because um, we forgot to talk about that the last time. And I was like, mm-hmm. <gasps> that was such a fantastic scene. We find out from Elaine, right, that Nesta is a fantastic dancer. And we find this whole, we hear this whole story about how there was this bitchy girl <laughs> um, who, um, um, who was really awful to Elaine. And... But she had her eyes set on one of the suitors. And then so Nesta, like, strode in. She, like, wooed him with her dancing and then, like, left him, right, high and dry. And yeah. 
Um, so then they devise this brilliant plan that, that she's going to basically do the exact same thing to Eris. And he falls for it, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> I know. And it's so great because when you hear that story from Elaine, mm-hmm. it's very hard to picture. Yes. You're like, oh, she's a good dancer. And somehow <laughs> in this one evening, she was able to get him to propose to her. Like, mm-hmm. that seems so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And then you actually get See to it experience action. it. Mm-hmm. And you understand that, like, maybe it's her own form of magic. Like, right? maybe there's something a little unnatural about it. Just, like, how amazing yeah. it is what she does, right? <sighs> um, and that was so cool. And then I love that actually... Cassian couldn't stay away. Like, he was supposed to not do anything, and he was like, no, I've got to dance with her, even though he's not a good dancer. I know. Well, so that's actually, I realized that's a note that I forgot to bring up this oh, yeah. time, is I love that he asked more for dance lessons yes. so that he would know the dances that they were going to be doing. And not that he did them well, but, like, he could do them well enough that he could ask her to dance and actually dance with her which i just absolutely love oh my gosh yes um and actually really i guess my other thoughts about eris we've already kind of touched on like we don't know where he stands mm-hmm. we are getting hints that he's maybe not the complete monster that yeah we've thought him to be like um you know so i'm i'm just intrigued mostly that's all mm-hmm. i want to say about it um so I guess that was actually sort of three of three and one there. Um, my other note is I already loved Helian because he's just snarky and funny and seems to be ridiculously attractive. And of course, that never hurts. Um, but his entrance in this book, when he comes to teach them about how to set up a shield around the mask and he comes mm-hmm. flying in on this like, super magic pegasus and i was like of course i love it i'm here for it like i was like right and then like i was of course i was also like i want one of those pegasuses Mm-hmm. Pegasus for myself. Pegasus is? Yeah. Pega- he could hang out in my backyard. Yeah. No big deal. And then you hear the heart-wrenching story of how he had a bunch of them, and then Amarantha had a, I know. a huge number of them killed. And I'm like, if I didn't already hate her. If she wasn't already dead. <laughs> also true. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But then I realized, um, yeah, so I just, I just wanted to mention mostly how much I just adored, like, we thought Reese knows how to make an entrance. Oh, that's nothing compared to Helian flying around on his magic horse, Pegasus. Oh, I that's just, so true. I love it so much. Um, and then it's funny because he was barely in this book. But another big question mark that we didn't talk about last time is Tamlin. Right? Because we find out. Oh my gosh, that's right. We, Tamlin, we, he's like running around in his beast form. Right. So basically. we find out in the first time when just Cassian and Reese go to the spring court and Eris is there. Um, and wait, do we find out that first time? 
I don't remember. It might be. The, it actually might be the time when Nesta's there. Because Eris tries to, like, scare them. And he's like, I've heard tales of... No, it is the first time. Because he's trying to scare Reese and Cassian. And he's like, I've heard tales of a horrific beast. And if you listen closely, you can hear it. And then Reese is like, we know it's Tamlin. Like, don't... Like, we know he's running around being wolf man. Like, whatever. Right? Um, And then, when they all meet Eris, but Nesta is there when they go to the spring spring court again um he shows up and of course Eris is like oh shit someone's seen me meeting with these people and he flees immediately and then there's this whole part where Tamlin gets all Tamlin-y and aggressive and whatever and Nesta like goes to point at him and he like sidesteps even in his beast form and she says to him I'm glad you remember what happened to the last person I pointed at like that like and she has this beautiful, like, monologue. And I just... She was made for court intrigue. Yes! Like, she, she will, is just so she, great at that. It's, it's, she will marry for conquest, right? She was born for this, right? Um, and it just... But I just love that whole part where she's like, I see you remember what happened to the last person that I pointed at like that. And I'm like, Ooh, we do. Uh-huh, we know what uh-huh, happened. Uh-huh. Um, but it, that just the whole Tamlin part of it just made me really, um, all the more ready for a, I'll read a book about him. I'm ready for a redemption story. Cause I think it's there. You know, I think she's laying the groundwork for it. So, Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah, we forgot to mention, totally would read a redemption book about Tamlin. Mm-hmm. Again, Absolutely. literally, I don't think there's a book <laughs> about anybody. I'd freaking read a book about Baron. Like, <laughs> at this point, like, I don't care. Mm. Oh, you'd, I'd read a book about him. That might be. I didn't I think say. I would read it, but I would do it hesitantly and for, maybe forced. <laughs> I Well, it's okay. That's interesting because, like. That's funny. So I like to ask people, like, if they could meet somebody dead or alive, who would they want to meet, like, and why? And my list is ridiculously long. It's, there's people all over the place. But some of the people that are on my list are not people that I want to meet because I admire them or like them or anything like that, but because I want the chance to be able to try to figure out what's going on inside their head and makes them the way that they are, right? So, like, I've got, like, Mm. Ted Bundy on my list. Do I want to meet Ted Bundy? Not really. (laughs) Like, he was a horrific murderer, and and no, I don't really want... But I, I, I just want to understand what went wrong in his brain that made him like that. I'd want to meet Hitler for the exact same reason. Like, I don't like them, I don't idolize them, I don't... Nothing, right? That's how I would feel about a Baron book. Like, okay. I'd want to read it, not because I like him, but I want to just, I want, I just want to know more. I just want to get inside mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the psyche. <laughs> yeah. Why, this, this makes a lot of sense as to why you love true crime. Mm-hmm. 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 So. Yeah. I guess that's all I have to say about this. Okay. <laughs> How about you? Um, Anything else that. You want to talk I about? just wanted to say that we will be having a bonus episode to discuss the two, um, what, bonus sections 
chapters. one of them yeah. chapters yes one of them is from Azrael's point of view and mm-hmm. the other is from Reese's point of view I think it's technically Feyre's but it's like Reese and Feyre okay yeah so tune in for that stay tuned for that yes because who man <laughs> we are we are ready to talk about it oh yeah <laughs> um as always, you can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at UPM Pod Official. We're on Instagram at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast. And then send us some emails about any about anything um, at Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.